Welcome to Declare Your Independence on the Free Talk Live Network. It's time for Declare Your Independence with Ernest Hancock. Believe me when I say we have a difficult time ahead of us. But if we are to be prepared for it, we must first shed our fear of it. I stand here without fear because I remember. I remember that I am here not because of the path that lies before me, but because of the path that lies behind me. I remember that for 100 years we have fought these machines. And after a century of war, I remember that which matters most. We are still here! Say hello to Austin Martin. Austin Martin, say hello. Aloha. Great to be with you, Ernie. Thank you so much for having me today. How are you? I'm more than a wonderful boom. Okay, yeah, we, we started over because, you know, I, I didn't push the button. I made sure I pushed the button. We got the button pushed. All right, here we go. Now, this is what we're going to do. Austin Martin is a just kind of, you know, became an activist. going to get into that. Let me sum up what we learned so that we can get right to it. Austin Martin was brought to my attention by Alma Summer that we partnered up and created the Jackalope Freedom Festival in northeastern Arizona that's going into its, like, 12th year, okay? Now, Alma was a young Ron Paul revolutionary back after 08. She had come to our workshop and so on in 9, 10, around in there, and uh, uh, just went on, been, you know, great activist. She came across Austin somehow. I don't know. But we didn't ask that part. But she goes, you need Ernie. You got to talk to this Austin guy. This Austin guy, because Austin guy in Hawaii. Now, the video that I saw was directed to me by Donna, my wife. Donna produces, does everything, which is why I had to restart because I didn't push a button that she makes sure I push. But anyway, so what happened is, is that I um, uh, had a video up. She had put it up of his interaction in Hawaii with the Elections Department. As a Libertarian Party observer, I've gone through all this stuff, so I I understand. So as you go through this, you start to uncover, you know, things. You want to ask questions. You're not allowed to ask. Get the hell out. You're not here as an observer. You observe. You don't get to ask questions, which is really the job description. That's why you're there. Well, when they want to get rid of the, you know, heck no, it's like, what the crap? So... Hilarity ensues. We'll get into that. But it was his demeanor. Hey, man, I'm just here to ask. I'm just doing my job to make sure you do your job. You, you don't want to be a not job doer, do you? I mean, you know, that kind of thing. So as you go through this, but what's more, you, you start to see how he approaches it. Not violent, not intimidating. Just insist on being answered. You know, because, man, take, take, don't sit there and call me my government by four of thing when that, you know, especially at the elections part. Well, that'd be BS. That's what sent me down this road. So Donna understood a lot of the uh, similarities between he and I. So I'm going, yeah. And a lot of people helped me. A lot of people supported me. A lot of you, you have a handshake and a $100 bill in it. 
You know, I could change the world with 200 or $2,000 depending on the issue, and it was a timing thing. Now, of course, that's 2000 and 20000 now, but I mean, you know, but the point was is that there was enough support to keep me encouraged, to keep going, and to keep having an impact. The tools that we created with Freedoms Phoenix, the show, Pirates Without Borders, I didn't even told them about that. Pirates Without Borders, the open source education dot online with James Corbett, all the all the stuff, the vaccine education summit, you know, the, the Freedom Summits, the Bitcoin Summit, the you know, all this stuff was just a curious mind insisting two things make them make you and make them say it. Make them say it. Okay? So Donna understood this in Austin. Then, to talk with him a little bit, you find out his wife is supportive. Three small children. We had four small children. You know, I'm going, okay, if there was someone and a movement and a group like the Levolutionaries that knew of him and is doing it, he's already not going, give me some money, give me some support, give me some attention, and I'll go do it. No, no, no. He's already done it. He's already there. It's just an easy investment. You know, it's like, you know, yep, I'm going to buy me some Bitcoin at four dollars, you know, back in the day kind of thing. So Austin is Austin Martin is his name. He's chair of the Libertarian Party Hawaii now, which kind of, you know, wasn't necessarily his goal. But I mean, you know, this how things happen is that we're going to go ahead and walk through what he came through to realize what was happening, how he's attacking it. What opportunity, what, what beachhead we got in Hawaii now, okay? And what resources are already there? Maybe we know someone. Maybe you know someone. Maybe we got an opportunity to help, and we're having a structure. We're off doing our other stuff, but we have a lot of tools for, yeah, and just that experience, you definitely want to look at this and look at this and look at this. How can we help there? That's why we created Freedoms Phoenix, was for this exactly, and I'm going to show you. Here we go. Austin, say hello. Aloha. Thank you so much. What a beautiful uh, program that you've been showing me. What amazing resources you've developed. And um, a big aloha to your audience. A big aloha to everyone from Hawaii. You're right. You do have a beachhead over here. Um, Liberty Movement is alive and well. And uh, uh, Hawaii is is not for sale. And we want to be free. And I want to help. Okay, so this is what we're going to do. The main thing that I wanted to make sure that we get into the show is how I always go. Nobody ever asks why. When I started doing radio in 03, you know, young, right before the land invasion in Iraq and we need an anti-war libertarian up there, somebody, something. And it just kind of fell in our lap. I get morning show and the hilarity ensued. But I'm going, all right, why this, 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 this? And nobody ever asks why. They just want to be the first to say how and, you know, what boot I got to lick and you know, give me a little crumb of something. Don't cancel me kind of crap. And I'm going, all right, all right, no, 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 no. Why? So I'm going to ask you, why are you this way? Why do you care? Was there, you know, how do you even know the difference between what is right and what is wrong? Haven't you read the law? You want to know what's moral? Read the law. I mean, you know, that kind of crap. So I just... Was it a, a an uncle, an aunt, a teacher, a grandma, an employer, a coach, or something made you this way or encouraged it or, or something? So I want to go back to where and what we learned 
during the Ron Paul Revolution 2008 or so, it was kind of happening around you. You're still a teenager at the time. And then, you know, your, your wife, you're dating. And I, I just want to speed this up because we went over this. But your wife, you're dating. She gets wrongfully arrested for underage drinking, having not had any alcohol in her system. But, you know, while she's in, you know, jail there, a woman made her promise to look up like, you know, what we know as Rex 80 and the FEMA camps and all that kind of stuff, you know, uh, Alex Jones stuff. And you go and look and one there by you, there it is. Holy crap. You know, so that's where we left off before Donna called me and said, hey, you didn't push the volume button. I can't hear him. So anyway, so what we're recapping that, let's start there. Your wife. Go ahead and give out her name. And if she's there, you know, heck, she's the probably, you know, 62.7% of the team anyway. So she needs to come. And she's secretary of the party now. So Donna, you know, definitely in, but she understands. She's the one really doing the work. So let's go ahead and give her props. Introduce your wife. She's wonderful. Abra is my wife. She's currently working on a project right now. So if I can coax her over here, maybe we'll figure that out. All right. um, she's she's wonderful. Uh, we've been married since 2007. So we were married actually about a year before uh, she got arrested. Um, and it's very interesting. Uh, but I was I was kicked out at a young age. We're talking about this. And I was not a very good teenager at first. I was not a very good person at first. It was actually only after God got a hold of me kind of in a and this is my personal story. Um, uh, he he rescued me. He changed my whole life. And what I thought was good before I realized was anything but. Right. And uh, that that was a major a major shift for me. And that actually happened before. Um, picking up from from where we were just talking about. That, that, real that, life. You brought up God. All right. Here we go. The um, this is one thing that uh, the audience knows that I'm Christian. You know, Donna, our four kids went to, you know, Christian Junior Senior High. We homeschooled there for all. We got them out in third grade, that kind of thing. It was amazing to me, even early on in the early 90s, the Libertarian Party had a lot of Christians in it. A lot of people didn't think that. They didn't know that. They were tolerant of anybody, Christian, not Christian, don't care. That was not the issue. Freedom's the answer once to question. A lot of people were surprised that, the morality of uh, a libertarian morality. We even had bumper stickers that I had as chair done. Jesus is small L libertarian. Jesus is libertarian. What? We're a Christian nation. Republican. I go, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, yeah, he's Republican, right. So anyway, so the point was is that the Christian morality of golden rule, live and let live, you know, uh, uh, righteous indignation, I mean, you know, Good over evil is much more prevalent in the Libertarian Party than a lot of people realize. I just want to make that point. Okay, that's absolutely true. Um, you know, a lot of people miss this, but but Christianity teaches that the the people who do not agree with us must remain free from our compulsion. I can't stamp my image on anyone. I can't save anyone or help anyone. Christ has to do that, and in order for Him to do that, I have to leave them free for Him to work on. And that's kind of the fundamental of libertarianism and the American experiment in the first place. The Enlightenment ideas are not just deistic and secular. The idea of secular government is to prevent uh, religious tyranny from being enacted by Christians on Christians so that every man is free to pursue their conscience and what God lays on your heart, which only it's between you and God. We're all a royal priesthood. We're all brothers and we have one father. Um, and for that reason, 
none of us can really make a claim of ascendancy or superiority above another. And none of us has any inherent right to exert any kind of force on another. Um, we can only approximate justice. That's the best that we can do. We can't um, have true justice until things change with mankind's situation, his moral situation. Um, so, yeah, I completely agree with that. The reason you could say the reason I'm a libertarian today is because cause i'm a christian exactly um, and that's exactly yes, what sir. we had to, there's no virtue in force you know it, it, it's just you know i'm gonna make them be good i mean you know that's not brother we are so overlapped it's like i can die now there's an austin martin i mean you know <laughs> and that's i don't want to say that my ego i gotta watch that well yeah, i tell you the biggest reason is because um, I benefited from encouragement that was public from certain people that whose opinion was respected, and it has a benefit on your family situation. Your wife, you know, they, you know, there's always these memes. You know, the wife is like, "I love my husband," and then she has a scowling face, and the meme says, "Except when he's breathing or chewing or." picking his nails or what i mean they they don't see it. you're not a prophet in your own land i mean it's just the way it is you know but the um the the whole thing is i wanted to encourage because you want to encourage the changes you want to see in the world which is you the fact that you're you were see we didn't even talk about this before this is live you know i'm finding out you're a christian and so on it doesn't surprise me though because what happens the people that are the most uh they answer to a higher authority you know, it's not, and it's not with coercion or force. I'm going to make an intifada of whatever the hell. You know, it's just look, man. I'm my own sovereign. The whole purpose that we have governments is the protection of individual rights. Not they're the primary one taking them away. You know, or if they're not protecting my rights, then what the hell are they there for? Just to take my money? I mean, you know. So this moral understanding of good versus evil man somebody that's don't give a crap what happens to your children as they take your stuff you know there, there's something wrong with them as you come that's in right. touch with these people I no no no. i want you to that's where i want you to pick up when you come in contact with these people certainly at the level that the interface between you and the state which is just is elections and you start to see that that's where they start that's where they, they want to be in charge of the gazillion dollar budgets they want to allocate the contracts they want to give somebody the, and you're going to pay for it whether you like it or not because i got this here shiny badge so that concept that understanding at a young age with the energy to do so is of interest to me now before we get into your experiences with the state you're a homesteader. I want to find out how much, because we didn't get to do, we were in a city and, you know, poor and whatever. But as an activist that has provided for his family with a home, property, how how self-sufficient are you? How much of that pressure have you checked off? You know, how much food are you supplying for yourself? How isolated from influence are you? See my point? You know what frees you up to be able to devote some attention to this now? Because we weren't in that position at your age. Explain that to the audience and for me, will you please? All glory goes to God on this, because um, I would not have been able to accomplish where I'm at today if it was just up to me. Uh, and, and if I did, it wouldn't be the spiritual good that it is today. I, I would be my nose would be chained to a grindstone. 
I'm very blessed. Um, I kind of live in a state of pseudo retirement. Um, I, I don't make a lot of money, but I don't have any rent. I own my land, uh, uh, free and clear, uh, thanks to God. Um, so I'm off grid. I, I don't have an electric bill, don't have a water bill. Um, since waking up and, and what we were talking about earlier with my wife, you know, discovering all of that, I realized that um, my, my conclusion was that the collapse of America is probably imminent and that we can try to prevent that. We can try to seed the right message so that the next round of crops that come up are good. But the odds are um, that the winter's coming and there's nothing you can do to stop the seasons. And so we just kind of got to be ready for that. And so I've, I've been uh, intending to get land and do homesteading for a long time. Um, my, my way kind of meandered. I, I spent some time out in Hawaii. Um, I've been targeted by the state many times for my political activity. Um, several towns have attempted to bury me. Um, hilariously, thanks to God, I'm still here and they're not. So, um, that's excellent. You know, I shouldn't be, a, 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 I mean, most people who've gone through what I've gone through, they're still suffering from it. They haven't been able to recover. So again, I'm, I'm a miracle story in some ways, and I'm very thankful for that. Um, and I don't want to take too much credit for that. But around 2020, when the pandemic hit, um, I was actually on a sailboat and I was attempting to do a kind of traveling ministry where my bills were basically super low because we were on the water, only paying dock fees. It covers most of your needs. Um, but we had a new baby and uh, uh, he's really young babies on the water are very hard. And then COVID hits and the government, rather, we should say government lockdowns hit and uh, we almost got stuck out at sea um, on our boat, that would have been a disaster. So uh, thankfully, uh, we had family up in North Texas that I was able to go and stay with rent free for most of 2020. And that's part of what led to me being able to purchase the place that I'm at now. So we bought two acres free and clear out here in Hawaii for a song because the lockdowns prevented anyone from coming out and buying property. So the property prices went down in the toilet and we were able to pick up a micro farm for 34K. Whoa. Which, you know, yeah, I mean, just outstanding, outstanding deal. So we were able to get that, pick it up in cash, and we haven't looked back. We're happy. Um, we've got we've got a good little solar system. We've got water. I've got bananas and mangoes and tangerines and oranges. You name it, man. Um, growing sweet potatoes, uh, jackfruit. So I, I love the tropics. It's really beautiful. I originally grew up in Texas. Um, my wife grew up in Missouri. And we traveled around the mainland. I lived in Colorado for a few years um, before eventually coming out to Hawaii. And uh, uh, we briefly went back to Texas uh, and then back out to Hawaii to buy the land that we're at now. And and here we hope to stay, if God wills, uh, for the long term. Um, so we've been we've been kind of around uh, as it is. But, yeah, we're very blessed to have the staying power um, because what I'm doing would be impossible if not. I'll tell you right now, there is a, uh, a no renew order on me, so I'm not allowed to have a license. I'm not allowed to register for basically any services. If I try to buy an insurance policy, I have a perfect driving record. I have no problems. I'm very safe. But um, uh, the judges have put a, a no renew order on me, and then the insurance companies themselves say that I'm a litigation risk for their business model, so they will not insure me. So um, I all right. Let's talk about that. That 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 that. There's some judge goes, yeah, you're not allowed because I can and I don't like it, and somebody told me I had to, so you're not allowed. The reason was what? 
you didn't want to what? I mean, what, what? I, well, I found out about this because I have a friend in the Department of Public Safety in Texas. Um, the first time a judge did this to me, this is not even the first time. Uh, huh. The first time a judge did this to me, he had no conviction. And so my guy, when I'm talking to him, he's like, I've never seen anything like this. There's no conviction. There's not even a record of the proceedings, but there's an order from this judge. What did you do to him? That was the question he gave me. I was like, oh, I just tried to defend myself against a frivolous ticket. And uh, so, yeah, that's how they treat you when you uphold your rights in court. They decide to basically um, uh, put, put things on your back end file that you can't see that will affect the way that you're treated by corporations and other government employees. And if you're unaware of this, um, it can be a very challenging thing to deal with. Uh, thankfully, uh, I'm okay. I've learned how to how to operate safely. You you drive like a grandma. Um, you try not to unnecessarily take risks. You decide the risks that matter, like what we're doing here today. This matters, and this is a risk worth taking. You know, me going driving and doing my own. Yeah, blah 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 stuff. blah blah. You haven't one. I commend you for not give, giving a crap. I mean, that's the first thing. Just reinforces that, man, they're their own worst enemy. Sooner or later, they're going to gore the wrong guy, you know, and, and crap happens. It's just inevitable. It's like thinking you're going to take out 5,000 terrorists, and after doing that, you don't have 50,000. I mean, you know, that kind of thing. It's just stinking thinking. So you go through this process, find out that there was no recourse. You know, you can't. There is. There's none. I mean, think about it. If the court doesn't want to follow the law, um, your only other possible recourse would be to work with the executive branch or the legislative branch, neither of which are, are very concerned with proceedings for individuals, neither of which are eager to overstep the judiciary um, or impose any any limits on it. You know, if I were a Chinese general and my job were to weaken or compromise the United States, um, I would see the judiciary as the most attractive target for long-term strategic changes to American law. Um, that's why there are the rules on the books for judges that say that if they choose to decline jurisdiction when they're required to, to use it or when they uh, exceed it and they don't have it, the U.S. versus Will in 1980 defined that as judicial treason. And they don't care. So this is... No. I've, I've definitely pissed off some, some people... Um, I've I've definitely ruined a few careers, more than a few, um, and so I know that there's there are people who would love to to you know have their way with me, and if I ever back down from this fight, I kind of feel like the revenge would come in probably about two years, because um, that's how they roll. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases, but Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction, and its features ensure Dash is undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible, and its network is protected from 51% attacks by their Chainlocks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Big thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. 
Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash Dash.org. There are those that just want to be left alone, and those that just won't leave them alone. Which one are you? The Ernest Hancock Show. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to Declare Your Independence with me, Ernest Hancock, on the Free Talk Live Network on Genesis. We're talking with the state chair of the Libertarian Party in Hawaii. Now, the reason I wanted to share this interview with you is that I was very impressed with how a an activist is made. What kind of life experience, what kind of character do you have to have a sense of justice or just curiosity and you just want to understand how things work and they them those don't want you to understand (laughs) and then what kind of decisions are made by young families and engaging with the government their fellow man and just wanting to be an add to their community this is very important to me because it explains a lot of my wife and our family that started back in the late 80s as we grew into political activism austin's a really good example pay attention i think you'll learn a great deal about the future and my optimism and so I know that there's there are people who would love to, to, you know, have their way with me. And if I ever back down from this fight, I kind of feel like the revenge would come in probably about two years. Because um, that's how they roll. It's been decades. I'm 62 now. I've been waiting on you. Okay. So you know, this. <laughs> so that's how I see it. I'm I'm so glad that there are voices out there that people are listening to. And people really are. Like, yep. one thing I'm learning position right now is that we're the populists now 10 years ago that wasn't necessarily true uh it's kind of true in a more like superficial and vague way but now people understand and the attitude attitudes towards things like succession are, are completely different you mentioned land deeds out here man hawaii has quite the situation i'll tell you what um you want to talk about defective land titles um you know there's no treaty you know, there's no legal annexation of this territory into the United States. Um, we overthrew a independent and sovereign kingdom, um, and they chose, rather than using violence against us, they chose to appeal dip- diplomatically to the president and to Congress, saying they had every confidence that the rule of law of America would restore the situation. They appealed to our morality as Christians and as people of the law, um, to restore their sovereignty and to restore their self-determination. I don't think they didn't want to be involved with us from like a perspective of, of diplomatically. We could have had a treaty. We could have had friendship. Statehood maybe could have been achieved had it have been by the will of the people, but it wasn't. Instead, it was a result of the longstanding history of election interference, which Hawaii has a very special chapter of. For special. Uh, yep. Yes, sir. All right, this is this is interesting. Is your wife able to say hello? And what's her name? Here. <laughs> this is Abra. Abra. Hi. Don't think we don't know, okay? We know the role and the importance of the spouse. I, I just FYI, so props to you, okay? I just want to make sure she understands that. Yeah. <laughs> She's the most amazing woman I've ever met, hands down. She uh <laughs> She is our primary uh, teacher for the kids, so we homeschool. Yep. And, uh, um, you know, we're, we're growing our own food. We're doing it all. She's she's 
I mean, we have a homestead. I'm building a house with my own hand. You know, I, I always I put it. I go, look, man. You just want to be not too hot, not too cold, not too wet, not too hungry, not too thirsty. Boom. Okay. And you know, not in everybody's way. I mean, you got you know kids to deal with. So I, I understand, but it. The reason I bring this up is because it puts you in a unique position of being able to devote time towards your freedom uh, activism that normally other people are too encumbered, too vulnerable to do. So you're right. Where is your vulnerability come from? Because when you talked about Hawaii deed structure and land, all of a sudden they got some guy in a shiny robe and a staff come up and say, you can't live here anymore. I mean, you know, how vulnerable are you? Riot. No, 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 no. They better book a ticket to leave the island before they try that. Okay, 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 okay. That's, oh, The locals are ready for war, man. The reason the liberty movement needs to step up here is to prevent bloodshed. They need us. They need to understand how politics and civics works. They need to understand how to fight a corrupt system and how to win a rigged game. And they've been playing a rigged game for a long time, and they know it. The Hawaiian people are pissed. Really pissed. And let me just give you a great example. Hawaii is known as a blue state. It was called 15 minutes into the counting process by all the major media stations for Biden. But what they didn't tell you is that in order to get that result, they had to add 75,000 backdated spoofed voter registration files from the Office of Elections and uh, uh, even more actual votes at that point from a centralized database, completely illegal. They had to basically install a bunch of illegal telecommunication systems and uh, uh, observers like me noticed um, several others actually did get arrested. They only tried to arrest me. Thankfully, the, the responding officers were uh, were quite professional. They realized the county was uh, full of crap, and they told them to go home and sleep on it rather than arresting me. So that was pretty cool. But I, I digress. The point is, is that the Hawaiians understand what's being done to them. They just have no voice. They've been edged out of the table. It's a big, corrupt, nepotistic game of uh, uh, screw over the people, like it is on the mainland as well. But there's something especially perverse about it here because they didn't join us at the beginning. They didn't join us by choice. They, who? they joined us because fraud. Who didn't join you? The the Hawaiian people did not join the United States by oh, consent. Oh, oh, okay, got it. But got through it. election interference, fraud, and force, right, the modern de facto state of Hawaii was imposed on the people of Hawaii. And so um, uh, it, it creates an attitude here that's a little different than what you're going to encounter on the mainland. And my point in saying all this is if Hawaii is so blue, if Democrats had so much ground out here, ask yourself, would they need to cheat? Oh, they're, they're binars, man. There's either they're going to win or they're not going to win, and they want to make sure they do. I It's just because they already got it planned out to, you know, it. it Goes, 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 goes. This, when you said that, it reminded me of an article that I wrote for the newspaper back in the day. And uh, voting never brought freedom to anyone. This was, you know, and towards the end, I made this point that, um, uh, you know, influence of government and traditional media has been dwindling to the point where libertarians will soon be begged to participate in national presidential debates so someone will watch them. 
<laughs> you, well know, said. you know, we just had the uh, presidential Republican whatever debate of four of the kind, and nobody watched them. You know, they, they, they're, just, they, they're getting to the point that they're going to need your participation in Hawaii politics so they'll have any credibility. You know, they, they're just right. so bad that it has to get to the point to where we, you know, Austin, please come back, come back, you know. So two-thirds of the voters out here don't participate in the elections, and I don't think it's because they don't care. I think it's because they know their vote doesn't mean anything. The irony of that is that demoralization is exactly why the, the, the rigged system works, is to demoralize the larger part of the population from being empowered to actually make changes. And changes can be made. But like you said, you know, just voting, protesting, the, the regular, you know, par fare for civics is not going to cut it. This is going to take a much... Um, Insistence. Yes, it's going to take a, a kind of effort like we haven't seen since 1776. We must um, therefore so- acquiesce in the necessity and whatever, you know, this declaration. That's why this show is called Declare Your Independence, because the document was beautiful. It, 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 it listed the reasons and the logic behind what had to be, you know, it's just the way it was going to be. You're right, and, and that's what impels our need to separation today. I am a pro-secession advocate. I believe Hawaii should assert its independence. Uh, whether or not we're part of the Union of States or whether or not we are our own independent entity um, is a question that should always be left up to the people. And I'm not... With an accurate like, election. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And, you know, if if we want to stay in the union, then at least, you know, if it's a fair decision of the people, that's that. The point of it is to have government by the people, to have limited government that's based on restrictions that the government cannot, even by its legislative power, overstep. Right. And then checks to make sure that when it does, heads roll. And all of those checks are currently not working. The entire government is basically uh, gone rogue. And in my opinion, if, if you ask me, I think the hijacking has been done. Um, by enemies foreign and domestic. And we have a kind of the corrupt crowd will cover for each other, even if they're frenemies or straight up enemies, um, because blowing one cover blows it all. If you empower the people, we shut down the game and the punch bowl goes away and nobody gets drunk at the table. Well, this is one thing I want to, you know, I'm not, I'm not discouraging you from taking the path that you are because I I did it and it brought me to whatever, you know, but um, I don't want, to leave you with the impression that I believe that the political process is going to produce the type of freedom that we've been convinced it does. Sooner or later, when you say there's insistence on no, no, I mean no. No, I mean Second Amendment, I can defend my rights, no. You know, come up the driveway and see what happens, you know. So this, there has to be a no, and this is, you know, the the last line in this was, but, you know, so someone will watch him. But by then, the freedom movement will have already taken to the streets with growing numbers of individuals demanding to be left alone, regardless of any vote totals, whether accurate or not. So sooner or later, people have to assert their individual rights. I mean, it, it has to happen. Now, that's exactly that's constitutional government, right? That's the, the level where the government lacks authority. They descend to the level of an ordinary criminal for which you have the right to defend yourself. Every individual has the right to defend themselves 
against unlawful government action. Is it always smart to defend yourself with force? Not necessarily. That's a situational question. But I'll tell you what, if it really came down to it and I felt like my family was being directly threatened by unlawful government action, I'm going to do what I have to do to defend them. Right. I'm going to always obey the law. I'm going to always try to exercise my rights in the proper method. We always prefer speech um, as libertarians. We are firmly opposed to the initiation of force to accomplish political or social goals or fraud. Um, that, absolutely. No fraud, no force. We're honest, we're truthful and we're peaceful. But we do reserve this right to protect our families, ourselves, our land, our justly acquired property. And this is where the infringements are going to turn into real conflicts. Um, and the reason I brought up the secession topic, uh, and some of my Hawaiian friends probably chafe at that word, because they believe we never legitimately joined the union in the first place, right? There was illegal overthrow. Federal law totally hit, in 93 passed a law saying that the uh, America's uh, role in the illegal overthrow of the Hawaiian monarchy was illegal. And they acknowledged that role and apologized for it. You want to talk about some confusing state of the law. They're basically saying at the federal level that the de facto state of Hawaii is illegitimate and has no right to rule, that they have a jurisdictional defect so profound that they probably can't even rightly be called a government. That's a problem. And that's part of what the problem is in Hawaii that prevents our public um uh, sector from functioning properly and just how far it descends into cronyism. And when it's tested by the people, this is why we find the courts unwilling to go into the into the, the difficult arguments. Because they're vulnerable. Because once you get one plank, you know, in it understood and pulled and again, the whole house of cards falls. You know, I, I, I get it. You know, this is this is a fundamental. Eh, we don't want to talk about that. It'll get to the point that then they'll call for a vote. We're, no, we have to. We have to, we have to no, shut up. Okay, fine. You're going to have this vote that we're going to count and take three weeks. I mean, you know, that kind of thing. So this is um, very, you know, one of the points, this article that I wrote was at the request of the newspaper wanted me, you know, nobody's voting anymore. Ernie, you're running for, I was running for Congress at the time or something. They go, you know, we need you to write an article, encourage people to vote. I'm like, you're talking to the wrong guy, man. You know, so the title of the article was, you know, voting, see, what was it? Uh, voting never brought freedom to anyone. You know, I mean, I just, just saying, I mean, you know, but if you want to do it, like yourself out. Now I've run for office to see, to get my side, ran state legislature, Two or three times, Congress three times, U.S. Senate against uh, John McCain, Secretary of State twice, counter record. I get, but I haven't voted since '02 because I know better. You know, I just like they go, well, we have here that you didn't even vote. I go, and then all the older reporters are like, no, never ask Ernie that. You know, so the newer guy, well, it says you didn't vote. I'm sorry. I can throw those guys a bone really quick. I'll tell everybody exactly why they should vote. The reason why is because this is where they're vulnerable. And if they weren't, they wouldn't be using fraud. But the vulnerability is not where you think. It's not in the presidential election. It's probably not even in your high state elections. It's in your local county elections. County. Mayor election. County. Those are the races they can't rig without real problems that are going to shake out in ways they can't control the outcome of. If you can take control of your county government, your county government can intercourse with the state in a way that you just can't. They can raise issues on the county level with the state, especially about large scale constitutional problems that you as as a as an individual or even as a group of individuals could never accomplish. 
So the most important elections to you is your local elections. The closer they are to you, the more that your voice matters, the more important it is that you do vote. Those bigger elections, the more likely it is that the results are fiction. But you can't challenge them unless your county is under control. You need elected judges. You need elected sheriffs. Maybe not all elected judges, but at least some for the point of checking the the quality. Well, each state's different how they do that, but yeah. Yes, sir. Okay. This, I'm going to make a statement. I want to see what your response is to it. Our experiences were such that when the environmental thing started, they had the Rio de Janeiro Treaty and Kyoto and all that kind of stuff. This is when Daddy Bush in early 91, whatever, comes up and says, New World Order. Man, they, woo, they were all excited about, we're going, you know, they pulled the trigger. They done said it. All right. So, uh, of course, there's opposition to that, but. It was a starting pistol, it seemed, for them to take over all the counties at every level. I'm going, the reason they're doing the county thing, they want to do this regional government, we push back as activists here and stop a bunch of stuff. But once you realize their intent, you know, here it comes. Everything is done from my perspective in the mid-90s. I could see they started seeding you know, the League of Cities and Towns. You know, they do this, you know, town manager type government doesn't even matter who you elect anymore then it was the counties at the county level they get the sheriff they have the uh, um, uh the um, uh, district attorneys they have uh you know the the managers of you know different things these different bureaucracies that they create and so on so when they do something like a lockdown who's doing it it's always the county guy. There's a county health department shiny badge clipboard guy with all of his available sheriff gun thing that they're doing it. Then you get the school district, the state, and whatever. But it's a county. County, 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 county. Local municipality, county. County wants to count all the local municipality elections. It used to be the city, township of whatever they do, their own election. Nope, it's got to be done at the county level because that's where they get the electronic machine. Then if they you're sitting there you're keeping track of the electronics you know you're you know doing which is my thing is the um, the election fraud done and done with them like you were saying Ethernet in the back of the counting machine live with the whatever like, what the crap so I get the Republican and Democrat counterpart to me to sign you'll sever that line they both get fired immediately and I'm like yep. You feel me? You know? So don't think I don't know. I get it, okay? It's the county level. What you're talking about is going after the county level can help you on so many other things, like what? An accurate election? Well, then you got to deal with the fraud of information with big tech and how we're bamboozled and BSed into what? I mean, it just is so thick for so long, but if you don't engage... Where's the resistance? And they sure as heck don't want you penetrating the bureaucracy. I mean, you know, so that is kind of what you're doing. What I want you to respond to is your statement of its local and county. You know, talk about that. Well, sure. Let's look at the Cary Lake election just briefly. I don't want to get too far into that. But if we look into that saga, it's happening at the county level, right? In yeah, Hawaii, no, no, it's county, all, county, county. All the judges are appointed by the governor and are dependent entirely upon the governor's good graces for their salary and for their continued employment. It's a, it's a mess. Um, the judiciary is not independent out here, which is part of the problem. But in Arizona, you know, it's not that much better. 
but if I'm not mistaken, I think you guys do have a few elected judges. Um, no, they, it's called uh, approval. It's like they're put up, do you want to retain this judge? And there'll be a campaign, get rid of that SOB, I mean, kind of thing. But uh, yeah, we, no, they pretty much are retained all the time, yeah. We get We get nothing. We get absolutely nothing. If we catch a judge engaged in a bribery scheme or a human trafficking scheme or a fraud scheme, all three of which have happened within the last year on the bench, if we catch them in black and white, um, they'll dismiss charges against officials under a homeless person's name. It'll never touch the, uh, the, the judge in question or the lawyer in question or the politician in question. Um, so having that local county uh, power, that's where you can say, hey, we don't want to use Diebold. We don't want to use Dominion. We don't want to use Heart InterCivic. We want paper ballots. If the ancient Greeks can do it, so can we. We can count every precinct in Hawaii in about six hours time by hand. It's the most transparent system that there is. Everybody can come in and see and watch for themselves as the ballots are counted in front of everybody. I'm with you. 100 100- I'm with you. Hell, you know, billions of a, a billion point whatever people in India did it by hand forever until here just recently. Go, damn, we got to get control of this democracy thing, you know. So you don't have to convince me, man, or the audience. We're we're in. I get it. But there's there's no like voting is not what's going to give you your freedom, right? What's really giving you, you your freedom is standing up and really getting involved in a in a meaningful way. Like you say, there's red lines in the sand. And that's what ultimately makes the vote effective. The vote isn't effective because of any magic on its own. What we're doing is we're reenacting the ancient tradition of marshalling an army to take over a company, a country, except we don't, you know, impose discipline and actually take them to war. We just simulate that by taking them to the polls. Right. And so that's kind of the the statecraft theory why voting works. At the end of the day, the old adage that might makes right is still true. It doesn't make some morally right but it does make it very hard to stop somebody if they have the the capacity um and that's what i think we're ultimately dealing with at this inflection point we will need a majority and then we'll need that majority to be organized in order to be effective and i think this is something that is achievable um but it's not going to be achievable on the large scale you're not going to get a majority of americans but you can get a majority of your community and your specific locality to respond to the local issues. They're local to each other. They talk to each other. They go to church together. They hang out at the same social clubs. When you tell someone in your community something, that act echoes through the community and really even further to a much wider reach than that. But if we think about this from a local perspective, this is where the bulwark against tyranny is. If the federal government passes an unjust law or sends, um, say, migrants who've been recruited as uh, police officers or military personnel to enforce the government's dictates on your people, if you have a county, you've got posse comitatus. You've got the legal right to defend yourself, not just as an individual flapping in the wind as a lone flag on a pole, but instead as an organized entity of people who have the the right of rule and the right to use force to defend their community. And that makes a huge difference when we're talking about like, um, you know, you can even take some of the examples of like what the FBI and, and the feds have done over the years from like um, the Waco massacre, Ruby Ridge and others had the counties um, been in a position where they were willing to defend 
um, their people and their rights from the feds, those actions could have not only been prevented, they could have been met with appropriate force to stop it. And maybe it would have precipitated a civil war, maybe not. Um, I honestly think that the people who are making these moves against the people, um, they're not actually willing to take this to the mat with us. They want us to fight each other. They do yeah. not want to fight us. Yeah. That's the one thing that they're they they're worried about. We can't have that. That'd be that'd be too much to deal with. Um, what Absolutely. I did is I uh, sent you. Uh, and it's available all over the place, but it's uh, for liberty. How the Ron Paul Revolution watered the withered tree of liberty, and it's just you know uh, I, I put it in the chat the link, and you can go find it and watch that. The reason I I, I include that is that. Eleutheromania, the insatiable desire for freedom. We have been enslaved for all our lives. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. Welcome to Declare Your Independence on the Free Talk Live Network. It's time for Declare Your Independence with Ernest Hancock. Believe me when I say we have a difficult time ahead of us. But if we are to be prepared for it, we must first shed our fear of it. I stand here without fear because I remember... I remember that I am here not because of the path that lies before me, but because of the path that lies behind me. I remember that for 100 years we have fought these machines. And after a century of war, I remember that which matters most. We are still here! Let us make them remember. We are not Back. Welcome back. Welcome back to Declare Your Independence with me, Ernest Hancock, on the Free Talk Live Network on Genesis. We're talking with the state chair of the Libertarian Party in Hawaii. Now, the reason I wanted to share this interview with you is that I was very impressed with how a an activist is made. What kind of life experience, what kind of character do you have to have a sense of justice or just curiosity and you just want to understand how things work and they them those don't want you to understand <laughs> and then what kind of decisions are made by young families and engaging with the government their fellow man and just wanting to be an add to their community this is very important to me because it explains a lot of my wife and our family that started back in the late 80s as we grew into political activism. Austin's a really good example. Pay attention. I think you'll learn a great deal about the future and my optimism. When you say you have to organize, the point that I wanted to make about the Ron Paul revolution and why we were so supportive in creating that and supporting Ron is because I knew 
that I wasn't going to have to make excuses for Ron. He's a good, hardcore, libertarian, anarchist, voluntarist, leave me aloneist, of, you know, understood the rhetoric. And I didn't have to, I may not agree with him totally on everything and every way of whatever, but I didn't, wasn't distracted by having to make excuses for him. You know, it's head down plow. We just, you know, throw a bunch of attention to him, you know, peace out, you know, rock and roll. So, but it wasn't organized. They tried to organize it. And I did everything I could to keep it unorganized. It had to be spontaneous order. It had to be organized at the local level. It had to be you and your friends making 200 signs a night. I mean, it had to be that kind of thing. So I'm not looking to help you support and build, you know, the you know Hawaii Libertarian Party as much as that just be a natural side effect of whatever you do. I mean, I'm sure that'll happen. But when you make that the goal, sooner we call it Steiger's Law. Whenever you create an organization around a movement or a cause, sooner or later, every freaking time, the organization becomes more important than the reason you created it. So you can't focus on the organization. You focus on the movement and how that organization can partner with whatever else to support the movement. The Ron Paul Revolution was a perfect example of that because we here out of Phoenix, myself and others, made absolutely sure that there was no central plan for freedom. That does not exist. So when you say we can organize, it'll happen on its own or it won't. And if it doesn't, you're not going to be able to force it with a bunch of money and everything to make it work. You know, it's just not going to work. You go on to something else or whatever. But if you have something around a particular issue, like it's always Second Amendment, man. You know, you start messing around people's guns, they, you know, freaking get motivated, you know. And, you know, or their children or their body autonomy or somebody's going to force notions and potions in your flesh with a king-approved needle or something. I like whoa, man, you guys really, some people are going to say no. I don't give a crap what your you know county guy with the clipboard says. So this is where my mind is. So when you say organization, I just want to give you that background of what my thought process is on that. What do you great mean? Point. What do you mean? That's a great point, and I agree with you. There's a huge danger to any organization that we create, especially a highly centralized one where we try to kind of command and control and organize in like the traditional sense. It's highly, highly susceptible to takeover, hijacking, and the normal pitfalls yep. of human morality. We're going to invite, we're going to have problems, right? Unless we're legitimately united organically by issues that would cause us to turn up anyway, no amount of organization can, can replace that. But what we can do is we can empower people, we can facilitate people, we can decentralize the organization so that on the local level, the tools are there and the people are able and they know what to do and they know how to make those differences. Most people have been demoralized away from the world of politics to such an extent that they they can't engage in it, right? They don't know what to do. People my age have no idea what to do, what organization even looks like on the political level. They need a civics how long have alone, you been uh, state chair? How long? I'm brand new to this. I actually just uh, uh, succeeded to the chair in October. Before yeah. that, I was elected chair in August. And then prior to that, I was an executive member in exile for almost two years. In exile? What the hell does that mean? Well, when I sued the Office of Elections 
the old executive committee of the Libertarian Party was very concerned that my attempt to um, report election misconduct would would jeopardize their cozy relationship with the Office of Elections and the chief elections officer, um, which I can understand from an organization standpoint, you sure need that intact, don't you? Why? Right. Of course. Why? Because they can cancel your political party. They could shut us down. They don't like what I'm saying right now on this interview, for instance. They can shut me down, and they don't even really need a reason. Ah, can hell, I can pay them 20 bucks to do that. That's, you know, that's standing, yeah. man. That's Are you kidding me? What the right. crap? Wow. Jesus wow. When we, when we can embrace suffering well, and when we do the right thing, and people revile us for doing the right thing, sometimes... They're helping us more than we ever realize, because like you pointed out, the organization is kind of disposable. I can create another corporate organization to help to facilitate business, right, that needs to be done. This right. is just about day-to-day. The real organization comes from people in their communities actually understanding what's going on and being involved and not letting the government just run roughshod over the rights of the people, holding them accountable, showing up at those meetings and saying, why are you doing this to us? Why do you think you can shove this centrally planned smart city down our throats? We didn't vote on this, right? So that's kind of the the where 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 I go with that. Um, I agree with you. Organization is what while there's a like pragmatic necessity, we gotta get things done, that's what it's for. It can never replace the thing we're doing. It's a facilitation arrangement, is the way that I look at that and so if the office of elections doesn't like the fact that i've called out their violations of law yeah they can try to deplatform us they can try to kick us out they can try to to bring the sky down on us but the people will be watching they'll see it and whoever rises it's like obi-wan kenobi strike me down exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> oh man i've you know the bromance has begun all right so this is what you know i i want to Let's before we get into some more detail and so on, we're going to go until you're boring or bored. But the um, you know, your wife is. What role has she taken for herself in this? Making sure you're fed. I mean, you know, what is what what is her how? What's the symbiosis between you and your wife? She is so supportive. So uh, for years, I've been in the point position on this and so she is a consummate homemaker she educates her children um i mean i help with these things but like she is a, a leader in her own right and a homemaker and a wife par excellence so um that historically has been how our relationship goes the domestic stuff she helps to support so that i can do this yeah. and she believes in me supports me it's beautiful Lately, though, we've taken it to another level. I've been able to help her a little bit more around the house, and she's been able to help me with my activities and has become the party secretary. So that's pretty cool. Um, she does an amazing job. She's uh, definitely done a very good job kind of putting out the professional stuff that our party needs in order to, to show that we've got a serious operation and that we're serious about our, uh, our goals amazing they they have they them those t i call them t3 okay t3 has no idea what they're going up against because i recognize the type of person you are the experience that you have to understand the perspective you know the, the your faith i mean i know they are so freaking screwed and if they mess with you and they don't follow their you know guideline so have you filed your own 
actions, your own legal, your lawsuits. Was that you? Yes, sir. The first thing. And I bet they, you have they... spell checker. I didn't have spell checker except Donna. I mean, it was. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's, that's a good point. I never thought of that. How? how oh, I don't know how I get by without that. I need uh, an editor. Oh, no, no. Okay, let me tell you how bad it was. When we would do a federal law, because no attorney, I, I had money then, but there was no attorney. They were like, oh, man, elect your hell no. We definitely oh, yeah. are not doing that, you know. And no it's way. just like, it's like, it that damaged our relationship with government, you know. So uh, I learned how to uh, file pro per, pro se, uh, you know, former, por- former pauperous. I can file my own lawsuit against the federal government on a cocktail napkin and sign yeah you know i you know on the grocery bag okay okay let's do that so but at the time in the 80s early 90s you didn't have kind of word processing sure as heck not spell checking kind of whatever so what i would do is a brother laser kind of little you know back in the day laptopy kind of printer thing that could only store like one or two pages in its memory we do all that. Oh, Donna would check my thing. It was a thing. Now I just have templates of stuff I've done before, change stuff, fill up, boom, you want to play, let's play. But back then, I didn't have a lot of the facilities that you have in doing this. And the knowledge I would get, I'd have to go to the law library and sit there for eight hours going over or whatever and check out books and homes, some reference I couldn't take, a Black's Law, Legal Diction, whatever the hell. So, man... Don't even whine to me, okay? But I want to... Yeah, I can't even imagine what it would have been like to be pro Well, what is it like now? So as you do these lawsuits, where did you, you know, inform the audience, where did you go to get the formatting? Where did you go to get the structure of it? How did you learn venue, jurisdiction, and and, uh, standing? How did you, how did you, how did you? Tell us about your process because you refused to be denied, so you went and did it how? This is a little bit more of a story. I don't want to. I don't want to go over too much detail, but in maybe Colorado, I do. <laughs> okay. Um, in Colorado, I was a medical marijuana care provider for a number of years. Um, I, I I really enjoyed uh, growing. That's how I formed my love of gardening and, and all of that, and ultimately it just led to me now growing tropical fruit, which is wonderful, <laughs> a lot of fun. But um, I had moved to a small town, and there was a church in that town that I was trying to attend, and um, I saw them kick someone out because he had a pot leaf tattooed on his arm. And I felt like, Whoa. oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? I was like, okay. So um, I was in the music ministry, and I had an opportunity to give an address, and I, I said I thought that we should be careful not to judge people for things that aren't um, explicitly in the Bible, and even for someone who may have, done something that we're aware of we need to be able to offer them the same grace that god offers us and um, one of our elders it turned out who was the driving reason why the guy was removed from the congregation was the county sheriff so he was like not in my town and uh you know they had a big poster in the police offices basically said you do drugs we make house calls and showed them all military geared up so, um, you know, the attitude for the for the local sheriffs was pretty hostile towards the medical marijuana program in Colorado. Um, so, yeah, they tried to bury us under that town. They they tried to 
they basically charged me and my wife after the pastor found or not the pastor, the elder found out, um, Sharon, that I was a grower and that I was licensed and all of that. Uh, they raided me. Uh, they didn't have anything right away. My license was valid. My taxes were paid, all of that. Um, it took them a few weeks to figure out what to do. And ultimately they realized, well, it's an affirmative defense, so we can just charge him with it. And if he defends himself, you know, he might get out of it. Maybe not. So they threw nine different felonies at us. Um, none of them stuck. Uh, we weren't convicted of anything. Um, they did try to force us to sign a plea bargain. Um, and this is before I learned anything about the court. They took away my firstborn son for a year. Abra and I had to work hard. Oh, sons of bitches, man. Oh. I'm fighting to keep kids out of government concentration camps. It's on. Man. I'm under about what this fight is about. Like, let's just be real. They will control us by uh, the domestic control grid that they're setting up, the family court systems. They target potential political dissidents. Anyone who shows aptitude, they will target you. They will charge you with frivolous stuff, and it will – the point is to demoralize you and keep you out of the political conversation yep. and give them a handle back you. Um, that's what happened out here. So, uh, I learned how to defend myself after this first, uh, this round one, shall we say, uh, the sheriff who did this, um, I actually, actually got in touch with someone in, in, uh, uh, actually, I don't want to drop the name here, but I'll, I'll tell you, someone powerful found out about what had happened to me and my wife and was so outraged at the story. I mean, like we were, we were held at gunpoint beaten i mean you i i don't want to get into all the no the, they want the to trauma. explain it to you they're they going to explain it to you yeah so when when uh the chief of security of someone who's fairly powerful found out about what had happened in that county he said i'm going to make a few calls and this is a little bit disturbing because this is really how it works right uh that somebody knew who to call you know? <laughs> yeah the next thing i know there's a protective order protecting my wife against the people who are responsible for this this criminal conspiracy that they'd executed against us. And um, the people responsible, apparently, there's process that was initiated against at least one of them. Uh, the sheriff, I believe, is dead. Um, the judge, I believe, is also dead. Uh, the prosecuting attorney doesn't work in that town anymore. Um, I'm not sure how that all shook out that way, but, like, that's the only, like, real results I've ever seen. Yeah, it's like um, an episode of Reacher. You know, he, <laughs> you know, he, all of a sudden, uh, uh, you know, they show up and, uh, you know, stuff happens. You know, this is I've, uh, amazing. Yeah, we were lucky. Well, how did he manage? I want to know about the year that you were without your son, because we've I've seen this happen many times. They go after your family. And uh, they take your son. How old was your son? You got him back. How uh, the to keep your composure during that time is an amazing, you know, trait. And you know, uh, you get accolades for that. But you know, just tell us about that a little bit. Sure. Um, so when they took him, it was horrible. It was traumatizing. They actually ripped him out of his mother's arms. Um, and again, they had no reason. There was there was like no reason. Out of the clear blue sky. <laughs> because they can't. Yeah, really surprised us. We, we had no idea, you know, that this was even, like, possible. This is so dystopian. Um, they they blamed us, gaslit us, divided. It was a small town, so divided the whole town. And 
Um, there were some people in the church who didn't agree with what was being done, and they helped provide us a place. And if they hadn't, we would have been pretty screwed because we got out of jail with nothing but the uh, clothes on our back. They had our dogs shot, and they sold all of our stuff while we were incarcerated. Took our kid and uh, everything we owned and my business and everything. So total reset. And I had a concussion in jail, and they were telling me basically, you don't get to go to the hospital unless you confess. I kid you not. So they interrogated me for a good, like, uh, 48 hours before they decided to take me into the hospital. I'm bleeding out my head. I've got a concussion. It's bad. So, like, they, they, they screwed me up pretty good. Um, during that year, that, all the things they did were nothing compared to what it was like to experience the anxiety of being bereaved of a child. There's nothing like it. And to those parents who've experienced this, this pain, what it does to families is, awful if you think that the cps and and the family court system is protecting abused children you need your head examined we we we're with you brother we know i've heard this wow this is and then to have someone that's experienced the real arm of the law in the hands of someone like this sheriff how do you nine fell including attempted murder who did we murder? Good question. There's no complaining party. Um, so yeah, the, the thing was a was was the worst sham I've ever actually seen um, or even heard about. Honestly, um, the the we're lucky. We, you guys got to realize, lucky's not even the right word. We're blessed. God watched out for us and punished our enemies, and we had nothing to do with it. You know, and so that in that way, it's nice to be carried, and it's nice to know that even in the worst, in the belly of the beast. God has not forgotten you and it's not over. And if I had lost my patience and decided to go postal, like I so wanted to, I wouldn't have my son today. He is going to turn 14 later this month. And so I'm so blessed like to have this. So we spent almost a year apart where we had supervised visitations, the whole nine yards. How old was he? He was about uh, one. He was a year old. So he's still an infant. 18 months on the dot. 18 months on the dot. 18 months on the dot when it happened. This so, is so uh, evil. This is, Okay, I want to make this statement. You know, this is basically what you're saying here. Um, this always winds up being a battle between good and evil. You know, it's, but it's how, you know, evil, what's that? It's subjective. You know, we know the truth. Truth, what's the truth? You know, it's subjective. I tell you what, it's not. It's not lies. How about that? You know, you know, we know that what's the truth, not a lie. Okay, let's just start off. Right? Can we can we agree on that? Okay, so the the violence that the state is willing to do, but it's not you know the state, not the state. That's not the point. It is the mindset of our delegating authority and power to the state. That there is we 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 abdicated our responsibility for ourselves and our own self governance and our commuting and everything in the under the fear that we need to have, you know, this entity that's going to protect us from whatever the heck. And then the bad guys, the evil, that's where they go. That's where they gravitate. That's where they become sheriff. That's where they get the attorney generals. That's where they get that's where they get. Once you realize that, you have to have all your activism and all your awareness and all of your um, efforts devoted to general public opinion. It is where the people understand. In your community, there's enough people that understood and people even outside going, 
this is definitely, you know, we're going to take care of business. So, and the other thing is, being in the marijuana industry, to have a sheriff do this, heck, they're probably waiting on that, and, you know, God knows what happened, you know? And I, so there's, a, yeah, I, I, you know, stuff happens, but you're peaceful, and his wife, to have this family, to have support, because it's a good investment. That's the one thing I definitely wanted to get across. The Shire Free Church offers a sanctuary to those seeking an escape from state churches. The Shire Free Church is an interfaith, diverse group of people that may not share identical theological beliefs. As a member in or minister of the Shire Free Church, you are a sovereign individual and may be the faith of your choice. We don't claim to have all of the answers. We are open to all peaceful people. We want to learn from each other. What unifies the Shire Free Church and its diverse members is peace, love, and liberty. There are many paths to God, one for every individual. The Shire Free Church does not define a specific path beyond these parameters that must be your foundation. Peace as your way. Love as your guide. And liberty as your light. Learn more at church.shiresociety.com. That's church. Dot ShireSociety.com Roads? It's the Ernest Hancock Show. Where we're going, there aren't any roads. This hour of Declare Your Independence on the Free Talk Live Network is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is a cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Let's talk about your positive experiences using Dash. Dash has transaction fees that are less than one cent. Dash transactions are instant irreversible, and are protected from 51% attacks by its chain locks technology. Dash is the world's first decentralized autonomous organization. BitRefill allows for discounted purchases at national retailers. We want to thank Dash Dow for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Welcome back to our conversation with Austin Martin, Hawaii's Libertarian Party State Chair and the making of an activist family. Why is it that you're focused on the election part of it? I mean, you kind of, kind of, Oops, accidentally got in on that issue, and it's a good one. That's a base fundamental of everything, which is why I, I, how do they get away with this stuff? It's always election law, because they are able to put the people in, that appoint the people in, that the people that are in, that stay in, that do it. You know, they use the elections as their excuse to do Well, we're not even going to have an election in 24 BS. They're always going to have an election. They need an election, okay? They're they're definitely going to electrify you, you know? So... Why is it for you that you feel that that's important to pursue that issue as state chair of the Libertarian Party in Hawaii? That's a really good question. And thank you for asking. Um, I totally stumbled into this by accident. To be totally honest, nobody else wanted the job of, of observing the election. It was a short straw. And so I was just willing. I wasn't actually expecting to see anything. I was expecting it to be super boring. And uh, But sure enough, it got 
really exciting when the heart intracivic employees started lying on the spot about stuff that on their website was different. And, you know, I started asking them about it and then they, they, you know, when you're talking to someone, it's pretty clear to flush out yep. when someone's lying. Honest. Right. Um, I mean, unless you consume too much mainstream media, it, it, it really only takes a few seconds. Um, I should have probably mentioned this earlier. I have about five and a half hours of audio and video recordings of Heart Intercivic and County employees working together to rig the election from Hilo, Hawaii. Um, of course you I do. haven't really, really. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I need to kind of chop it up into more manageable pieces and I'm, I'm technologically challenged. Uh, my off grid lifestyle does limit me to some extent, but, um, I mean, obviously I have communications. So why the elections? Why is okay, that such stop. important? Gosh, darn it. I hate when you guys say crap like that. Now you're vulnerable. They got, you know, I never told I had anything, and one reason why we had Freedoms Phoenix, because I had the servers, the mechanism, the noted IPFS servers, everything to take all this stuff, load it up, it's there forever and always, and now you can suck it, okay? The fact that you haven't put that up publicly, we got to do that like now, you moron. I mean, you do not say that crap. I have a switch. If anything happens to me, uh, they know. All right. I told them. I mean, I straight up put it in litigation. I was like, look, you know, I have this. Here's the link. Here's this. And I have three backup copies. So if anything happens to me, this hits the press. I didn't I didn't release it right away because All I right. wasn't trying to influence the decision. I wanted to, like, give them a, a, a legitimate chance to rule on it without, you know, trying to bring public pressure to bear. Glad you put it up. You got it there. You can chop it up, have some fun with it. But I'm telling you. This is the kind of stuff that gets you killed, okay? I just say it. So everything that I did, I always had it documented, dead man switch, put out 15 gazillion different ways from Sunday, and now that we have IPFS, no, I don't know if you know what it is, but it's decentralization of a bunch of nodes of files. Now, when we do this show, the video, the MP4, I don't put it on, but we're going to start beginning of the next year since Rumble and X have been telling them to go F themselves. And so I, all right, I'll, I'll allow you to put my stuff on, you know. But the um, uh, we dropped everything. I mean, we still kind of interact, but all of the files that we have are encrypted. They're on our servers or on IPFS, the video, so that it can never be censored, edited deleted it is there forever hashed as a file of this is what really happened so you can uh, suck it okay this is why we do this for this reason so i just want to make sure you get in that mindset and we have the tools for you to be able to do that so that you're not saying crap like that and then you become a target just say it okay so that's why i say it all right um i'd be happy to share share the work i've done on that with you i have uh Again, I have about five hours of recording, and um, it's evidence of fraud. Um, I, I what does it get? I've what's the size it? of the file? If you were to, you know, uh, make it available, I give you a place to download FTP at the blah blah blah. How big are we talking about? I think it's like three hundred something megabytes. Um, but I'd have to get out of our. I our laugh at three hundred megabytes. Okay, hell, this show is going to be more than that. All right, so this is what we do. You can get me those files. We'll talk off air and how we'll transfer these files. Or I just, hell, I'll just give you the count. We'll just do it. 
You know, boom, done. So this is something that we can get up and then link to this show. So anytime anybody doing, they find out about, yeah, look at that link right there. You see that hash? There's all the stuff. And nana, 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 okay? So this is one of the services and the mechanism by and uh, some of the software that we use by which you can do this kind of stuff. Just save it to this this distributed, decentralized nodes of people that participate in this and it's copied all over the internet can never be taken down. Unless they, I don't know, they blow up the internet. But, you know, so this is... I'd love to see it go far and wide and I'd love to see it get censor-proof because there's some really good information there. They talk about exactly the process of how the votes are transmitted and how we can't see the results locally until the state receives them on their central machine and then they tell us what our local results were our handbook says a a little bit different those results are supposed to be locally verifiable when you send them off to the state so that there's transparency and you know that the result you're getting back is the same tally that you got when it was tabulated on site right so there's like very clear violations of election procedure um there's clearly misconduct from the vendor there's the worst customer service you've ever seen uh, so, um, you know, it's kind of a fun uh, uh, thing to, to, to dig into. But, OK, why the elections? You asked me that earlier. Um, part of it is I, I ended up here by divine providence. But when I realized what was happening, when I saw from my own eyes that this really is being rigged, this is not sore loser syndrome. This is not conspiracy land. This is the truest reality of our situation. Realizing that it makes sense. Why can't we fix the judiciary? Well, if you don't have good elections, you can't fix your executives. You can't fix your legislature. And whatever operations are going to be run on your people, you have no way to stop it effectively, right? Um, So realizing that the elections were being played with is a big deal. That also means that the incumbents are ready to take this to the map. Once you start cheating on the elections, you're basically requiring some level of defensive force from the legitimate government to stop you, right? So they know that the risk is is that if anybody gets into office who's even remotely serious about being an anti-corruption candidate, that they're going to come and charge these people and arrest their predecessors as they should, right? When somebody's breaking the law in an official capacity, we have to apply the law to them more strongly, not less strongly, because these positions are fiduciary, they're public trust, that we, we don't give these people a privilege because they serve. Right. Their service is a risk and gives them an advantage, one which they must be accountable, accountable for. And that's the difference between today's attitude of worshiping officials versus the founding fathers attitudes of holding them in check to the public will. Okay, I got a question. As I'm looking at your site and I'm going, all right, let's see what's up here. Who was the web page master? Who, who put this together and selected? Whatever? Oh, it's a disaster. Um, so our, our website's not that bad. It's just, uh, it's kind of a, a mix. We have a, a, a member who's generously uh, uh, helps us with the hosting on it. But, um, you know, I just recently got control over the site, to be honest. And I've only made barely any edits to it, just to our names and, and keeping the information as current as possible. Um but yeah, uh, so like my my uh, LPHI chair temporary address is down there so that I can get called. Well, no, I was just the interested. Pre- they're featured running for office. They got a picture of Ron Paul here. And I was like, oh, 
I'm like, okay, cool. Well, they're not running from that. And you got the Mises guys and so on. See, I have enough contacts, and I know a lot of these guys that if I said, you know, like Arizona, I haven't even the holidays. We just got back uh, like Halloween to finish our Love Bus Liberty tour. We're back. I'm back, which is one reason why we're doing, you know, the uh, trash can flyer thing. Well, uh, yeah, I'm getting some uh, mic noise. It's rubbing on something. Where's your mic? When you're you're dealing with campaigns and candidates and the National Party and all that kind of stuff, there's competing interests. You know, national it king making. We you know a little bit of ten thousand here, hundred thousand there. We'll make sure this Republican primary goes this way of the national of the anti-war movement. But we really want of the energy vote of the pipeline of some crap. You know, there's always something going on that you don't really know about or that will influence. So I go, yeah, don't help the Hawaii people. They'll mess up our relationship with the national blah, 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 blah. You know, so there's that. I can tell when I smell the BS pretty quick. I can talk to these people and I want to encourage um, at least paying attention to the kind of things that you're doing because I can see that. You're going to come to the attention of important people and live an interesting life. I mean, you know, that's just the way it is. So what I want to do is how are you communicating with or get any help from or attention from the National Libertarian Party, or do you even care? Well, let me let me say this. Before Mises Caucus took over National, they were worse than useless. Once Mises Caucus took over national, suddenly there's responsive people up there who are listening to the state affiliates and actually care what's going on. Um, awesome. They definitely gave us advice. Um, they supported us. They helped us out with some parliamentary uh, consulting from a really great professional who helped us through some difficult things in our board transitions. Um, the old EC hates my guts and wants me to die. Um but they also want me to rewrite their bylaws. So I don't know. It's a really weird situation. But um, the uh, the National has been instrumental in kind of helping to kind of restore the peace out here. So I have to give them a little bit of credit. And again, Mises Caucus. Um, I mean, they're your Ron Paul guys. You know, they're right. they're your they're your evolutionaries. And um, well, I communicate know, with them. The, the problem is, is that they're um, I. I I have to be a voice, which I always was as I ran for national chair and so on, about doing this kind of thing and helping people like you, is that the party needed to be decentralized. It needed to be the states and that national LP be of service to the states, where the attitude before was the states just do what the hell we tell them. It was a central authority. They drank the Potomac water or something. I'm like, who are you people, man? You do not make up us. We make up you. You know, I just back. Oh, man, I'm just so pissed yeah. off so many times with like, you know, they failed to speak out during COVID. That was one of the biggest right. criticisms that I brought to the board was like, where are you guys? You know, I'm being arrested for what got me into the scene in Hawaii. I went into Walmart one morning. OK, I was out of coffee. And if you know me very well, you know, that's not good if I'm <laughs> out of coffee. So um, I also failed to bring my ukulele with me. And if you know anything about me, I'm in my worst form. If you, if I don't have my ook within arm's reach, something's wrong. Um, so anyway, I was in a really bad mood and I walked into Walmart and I'd forgotten my mask. And the night before I'd read this article about how Walmart was rethinking their mask policy and all, all this. So I, I walked in without even really thinking about it. 
um, early in the morning. And the guy at the, the entry is like, sir, you need to put on a mask. And, oh, man, I was mad. I had one in my pocket. And so I, as I took it out, put it on. I also said, this is Nazi policy and you're a Nazi. I was really mad. It was a bad morning. Well, apparently this man thought that my calling him a Nazi was a crime. And uh, they they told me to leave the Walmart. So I said, fine, I don't want to spend money with Nazis anyway. You know, didn't didn't argue with them. Just turn around and walked out. Didn't make it past the entrance. I'm going to find somewhere else to buy coffee this morning. And they actually followed me out. They had their Securitas employees come out with their little phones recording me as if I'd like stolen something, like something weird. Like Abra was with me. She didn't say a word. She's just quietly walking with grumpy me in the morning and they're following us and she's like, I'm scared. Like, what are, what are, why are they, why are they following us? Like, what's going on? They followed us to our car and then they blocked us in. They wouldn't let us leave. All I did was call them Nazis. You know, like, are, are you trying to prove me what not Nazis you are? Yeah, really. The cops, they don't even bother to really investigate the situation. They already know what they're there for. Like out here, it's everybody knows somebody, right? Everybody's got a cousin on the police force, right. whatever. So they show up and they immediately ask for my ID and I'm like, I'm happy to identify myself, but I'd like to know if there's a, a reason in my, my suspect, am I required? Am I being detained? Right. And they were like, yeah, you're being detained. And I was like, okay, what for? And uh, I'm not going to talk to you. They didn't tell me. And, um, uh, anyway, as they start talking to the other people, I asked another officer, I was like, sir, you know, like, we're really glad you're here. They weren't letting us leave. You know, I don't think there's anything else to, to talk about we've been standing here can we just go and he said yeah you know what obviously this is stupid you guys can go thank you sir so we you know wave bye and the other officer who originally told me i was being detained was like stop them and they took us down and they arrested us <laughs> very very forcefully took us to jail for disorderly conduct and for violating the emergency powers act me and abra both she didn't Whoa. say anything was arrested for being next to me um and at least we looked good on that day uh <laughs> but anyway so that's what started it and then i i knowing how to defend myself having been through kind of the gamut of these things i brought a very simple challenge saying hey you have no complaining party and your charging documents don't actually allege a crime right that's pretty reasonable like they haven't actually accused me of anything they just arrested me and dumped me in your court judge please uh, dismiss this and they freaked out they actually mistook that argument for a hawaiian sovereignty argument and they thought the fact that i called for a jurisdictional uh, a plea to the jurisdiction they interpreted that as a challenge to the um the legitimacy of the state government and the judiciary and uh this is not the, fir the first or the only time that this kind of thing has happened out here like this happens all the time so they thought um, you set you him up he's setting us up <laughs> <laughs> something like that man i don't even know so yeah no they tried to they they tried to use abra as leverage they were like hey you know your wife seems like she's nice she didn't do anything wrong if you give us a statement without a lawyer we'll let her go for free without charges oh really oh wow i was born yesterday what a great idea except i actually know how to litigate so i was like you guys want to interview me cute so we did and they got nothing and they let abra go true to their word and uh they didn't charge her until later after I'd been to court once and, you know, all that the next day, they, they improperly back. And I think they backfiled it because we were looking on their system, but the next day after my hearing, 
there's apparently a warrant for Abra. Now, again, we have to take their word for it because we didn't know about it for months till after that, because how could we? You know, she was never noticed. She was never given an, an order to appear. She never agreed to appear. And the charges that ultimately were brought against her were not the same charges that they had originally threatened. Um, so, well, what or were her charges? Standing there? Uh, uh, same as mine. Uh, um, they charged her with disorderly conduct and violating the mask mandate, but they originally tried to charge her with harassment. And again, she was silent, didn't say a word, like just stood there like a bystander, did nothing. It's crazy. So we fought for nine months before I got elected to an executive position in the Libertarian Party. And then I let the prosecutor know that that happened. And one hour later, my charges are dropped. What do you know? And you know what? They filed a statement of no opposition saying, yeah, we might have committed fraud on the court. In writing, I've never had such unmitigated success from uh, uh, accusing a prosecutor of misconduct. I was amazed. Uh, Abra, however, has a warrant for missing a court date that she could have never possibly known. And the judge refuses to vacate it to this day, to this day, right? She could be arrested. And there's nothing that anyone can do. There's not a lawyer who will touch this case. I mean, I could, I could, I could offer ten thousand dollars for a lawyer to take this, and they won't. They won't touch it. That's how. That's that's what judicial misconduct is like. It's it's very um, very strange. So we have no representation, no rights, uh, none of that. And uh, there's just just this nice little basic agreement, you know. Um, Judge Laba probably knows it's not worth. Uh, uh, pursuing this much, much more. And she knows that I've already sued her and brought her to federal court for the first time in her career. And she knows that it probably would go over very poorly for her should she try to execute that thing. But um, the cops won't execute the warrant. They refuse. They know it's not valid. It actually shows that it's not valid. Okay, let me ask um, a couple of questions here. You live yeah. on the big island of Hawaii, right? Yeah. Okay. What's the population of Hawaii State, and what's the population on the Big Island? Uh, there's some debate about this because the number of vacationers, if you're talking about registered people and um, unregistered voters. people. Voters. Voters. Let's give a ballpark about 1.5 million people statewide and about 250,000 on Big Island. The Big Island landmass is probably all the other islands put together, I would imagine, about. Big Island has an extremely low population density. It's comparable to places in Alaska. Okay, so this is, um, when somebody's knocking on your door, they know what's up. They know somebody that knows you, or they know you, or, I mean, this is not a secret, okay? So what are you really dealing with they get their orders from what i have a theory on this um you might not like it though i think you, you know how in the 80s there was always an ongoing running joke about the permanent record right now go on your permanent record okay yeah it's real it's real they think sure as hell is now system. they got your social credit score whether they call it that or not you know they they've been rolling this out progressively for a couple of decades now. So there's a back-end file that judges can look at that contain all kinds of information which they should not be able to look at, which would seriously prejudice their ability to make a fair decision with respect to your case, um, especially if you fall into the category of what they consider an anti-government activist or an anti-government um, extremist. 
And in order to fall into that category, all you have to do is challenge jurisdiction without a lawyer. If you make a valid legal defense saying, hey, this isn't valid because, you know, they got the wrong guy and you don't have a lawyer to do that for you, they'll call you an anti-government extremist and you'll never be treated the same in court again. That you know, is what's happening. All right. This is what I say a lot. And I want, to, you know, this is confirmation here. If you're going to be on the list, be on top of the list. It's safer there. So this is kind of where you're at, you know, and my thing, I've got, I can't probably over like 15 lawsuits, you know, half of them federal, half of them state, state Supreme Court three times, Ninth Circuit, you know, and helped a couple other guys in different stuff doing, you know, ouch, quit it, ouch, quit it, ouch, quit it. They know who I am. I got the prosecutors at the January 6th table yelling at me what I got to do. And me going all, you know, Austin on them. And just like, hey, man, I say Fifth Amendment. Well, you can't because you can't. Fine, you can tell me on the bench. Well, we're sending you to why we're subpoenaing you. Got it. I go, all right, let's do it. Damn it, he won't do it. Okay, you can go home. I mean, you know, it's just, but that doesn't mean I'm not on the list, you know. So this is one of the reasons why even when I had my restaurant for like five years, we owned a family restaurant. About every three to six months, I had to do some activist thing, I felt, to keep me up on the list to protect me from staying in the public eye because when they can or they want to, they're going to get you, and which they keep trying. So now is this a permanent part of your life? You're stable enough, you're homesteaded enough, you got neighbors, you're, you know, a, a, a low-density area of the big island of Hawaii with communication access to whatever the heck and you can do your job and provide for your family and I get to go out and farm in the morning and you have raising of the kids of leave me aloneism you got enough notoriety so hopefully they won't try and take your children away again you know that you're willing to to take these battles on with the full understanding of what you're really up against. So that's kind of where you're at, and you have the support of your wife. That is rare. I just want you to understand how rare it is. Welcome to Declare Your Independence on the Free Talk Live Network. It's time for Declare Your Independence with Ernest Hancock. Believe me when I say we have a difficult time ahead of us. But if we are to be prepared for it, we must first shed our fear of it. I stand here without fear because I remember. I remember that I am here not because of the path that lies before me, but because of the path that lies behind me. I remember that for 100 years we have fought these machines. And after a century of war, I remember that which matters most. We are still here! Tonight, let us make them remember. We are not afraid! No fear, no fear, no fear here on Declare Your Independence. Another unafeared individual is the Hawaiian State Chairman of the Libertarian Party, Austin Martin. But it's more than just about an individual. It's about a, a young life, you know, with a family, a wife, 
children. This is a really good example of how people like this rise to the attention of others and are an inspiration. Hopefully you'll be as inspired as I have been. This is one of the biggest points of internal contention on like the Libertarian Party. Right now, I have to fight my own party to do basic things that align with what you're saying. So, for instance, for, for mass awareness campaigns, how do we make that improve the bottom line? Well, it's simple. You call to advertise with and crunch the numbers on conversion rates and find out where you can do that without bleeding money out, right? And that's just kind of on an organizational standpoint. And some of that, you know, just common sense stuff um, from advertising to, um, you know, helping to support your local podcasters, your local bloggers, helping them to blow up and get attention and traction and all of that. Um, uh, you know, those things, I agree with you, that's far more valuable than the election. The odds are that you're going to attract a bunch of psychotic narcissists to run as candidates because that's normally the kind that want to do that. Um, that's half the problem that we have with public servants. And there's no getting rid of that until you get rid of the sin in man's heart. You know, it's just going to attract that kind of person to some degree. And so um, a good political party should be aimed not just at getting candidates elected, but at generally promoting the platform and the ideas that will allow the public to hold those candidates accountable. And we'll also raise that that public awareness factor, that public opinion factor. And you're right. That's what really drives the change. Once it can no longer be optically justified what they're doing, they have to change it, right, regardless of who's in office. And as you pointed out earlier, you know, picking fights with the individuals in office, that's not a very productive way to go about things. Like, they may be doing terrible things. They may have just terrible information. They may be compromised. They may have a gun to their heads. And sometimes you'd be surprised what can be accomplished just by reaching out on your local level and you know, making an effort, not as a big ogre announcing your discontent, but as an ally and an advocate saying, hey, I see, you know, in this area, we're in agreement. And on this area, we're not. And as a constituent, I wanted to call and, you know, so like getting our people organized to do feedback and to start communicating with the public officials, that will move the ball in our direction in a much bigger way than any one candidate. And and so I, I totally agree with you. That's the critical thing. Um, and so like the party is a tool. It's not a end in itself. It's like the Republicans, they have their loyalty pledges and all that insanity. What are you loyal to? It's principle. You're just this is a tool to accomplish principled ends in government um, and not necessarily an end in itself. This is not the church. This is not the uh, uh, America itself. This is a disposable tool that's intended um, to help advance public opinions in a particular direction and organize them towards a political outcome right and it's rife for abuse so um for me a lot of it is about like looking at the big picture how do i want the next executive board assuming they're all incompetent and they all suck which is a safe assumption in any state um what rules would you impose on them to to, to make sure that they get the work done and how do you make sure that there's not too many rules so that it's not stifling and then how do you make sure that you leave it open so that they can be helped by like PACs and outside political organizations there's a lot that goes into this, right? And if we just narrowly focus on winning a race or winning the elections or trying to rub elbows with the elites, we've lost, right? So we right. have to take this of not an election, but a public situation in which this is one of a set of tools that are used to help change it. And again, it happens on the individual level with us interacting as people, and it happens through the distribution of ideas. And you facilitating that for people like us how could we put a price on that? Like that is the thing that 
people spend thousands, hundreds of thousands, even millions of dollars. Millions. To millions just to give the impression that they had this kind of support. They'll spend mil- tens of millions of dollars for a congressional race of seat to make it look like somebody did this kind of stuff. To where it's done and it has the right freedom-oriented flavor. You know, is it, you know... Absolutely. That, that, you're, you're, you're hitting it right on the head. And people... You know, you, you when you get these products in your hands, you don't realize what you're actually holding or the power that it has. You know, game theory. Everybody knows what everybody else knows. When you see something in any kind of mass media, there's immediately an awareness in your in your subconscious brain that there is another group of people, possibly an expansive one, that have also been exposed to this message, and simultaneously that there are some who have not. Right. And that's where we get the, the 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 common practice of like parroting what we've heard on the news when it's interesting or it resonates with us. We'll repeat that at a family gathering or uh, anyway, I don't want to digress too far. What you've done here is truly amazing. It's an answer to prayer. I'll just be really. No, no, I'm, I'm with you, brother. I, I'm, I'm hip. I know because I, you know, we built ourselves on the shoulders of people that even, you know, created the party or did different things or advocated for there was people before us that encouraged us the resources that would be made use of by someone like you. And the fact that you gotta live in space in the most isolated place on the freaking literally the planet out in the middle Middle, 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 furthest away middle of the Pacific Ocean and on the least dense populated county of the big island of Hawaii with, um, you know, an Austin Martin with a supportive wife and family there that is now the chair. Man, been waiting on you. Feel me? I feel you a hundred percent, and it's it's exciting, and we should be excited as we see things spinning out of control. Those of us who have been watching, we knew this was coming. We right. might have even expected it to right. happen a decade, before, and we knew people would see it after it plays out a little further. Right? We I, I see things a few years ahead. The trends start to emerge. Usually, call it right, but if I go running my mouth about what's going to happen, people think I'm crazy. Right. They think you're crazy. They thought we were crazy 10 years ago. Who cares? We were right. And now they're looking at us with very different eyes and they're seeing what we've done differently. And within the liberty movement, we got to be aware, you know, it's hard to judge where someone's at. You know, there's people who I've looked at and I thought, oh, they're a nerf libertarian. I love that term. I'm going to use that now. But, you know, it turns out on closer inspection, you know, they were in a different lane than me and they were doing good work. Right. And I came to a wrong conclusion quick. But there is something to be said. Watch out. There are a lot of people who um, this is like an alternative. They don't fit in well enough with the Republicans. They don't fit in well enough with the Democrats. They are in it for themselves and their own self-aggrandizement. And they will use any movement to try to promote themselves. And just, you know, we all know about grifters. Watch out. You know, watch out for people. This this doesn't take this doesn't take a million dollars, especially thanks to the work that people like you have done. Right. This doesn't take a a dedicated um, industry of support staff in order to accomplish real meaningful change. Again, thanks largely to what the OGs in this movement like you have done. And I really appreciate it. And I'm so excited to see this stuff. Like I'm, I'm seeing this. I'm like. Mm. You see the this here is OccupyTheLand.org. That's another like homesteading. This is what we're building in the desert here. So this Occupy the Land concept is you. 
That's so that you can do what you do, to have the security to do what you do and still take care of your family. So you can see everything. This is this has been an effort waiting on uh, uh, you. Okay, so pirates without borders. Pardon me. You know, and the homestead critic. You make such a great point. Um, and you know that's something that we have a heart for too, is helping to facilitate other people to get free financially and personally, so that they can engage in what really matters. You want to serve right. the church. You want to serve right. the country. You want to serve your community. Yep. You have to be free to do that. And if you're on the hamster wheel and you can't unchain yourself from it, that's hard. And so that's another thing that we're looking at for, um, you know, larger scale and longer term solutions. I love what you're saying. Occupy the land is exactly the the in Hawaii. We would call that the mana, the kuleana, the responsibility of the people who are trying to move this ball forward. So I, I'm just, the more I hear, the more I like. No, it. man, I'm just, that's why my wife picked up. I trust my wife for um, her perspective. You know, I have my perspective, got my radar screen screen. Well, she's, she's covering the flanks, man. I get, I get another hundred degrees, you know, of seeing what's up. And when she saw you, she goes, you'll like them. You know, I kind of know you almost, she's got some, you know, a, a wide spectrum of friends. I mean, you got knows what you're going to get, but you know, but when Donna goes, nah, Austin, you guys are going to be, I go, I go, Oh, I already know. I already get it because you've gone through, you have the right disposition, knowledge, uh, standard justice gene, whatever it is to understand what is and isn't. Don't sweat the cheap crap. You're not taking a personal affront of it or a personal kind of. This is a an environment that you want to fix for your children and grandchildren. This is a you know a long term investment in time. That's brilliant. I love it. I'm gonna I'm gonna just have a ball going through all this stuff. This is great. Now we're like, just this starting like- this. This is something where your homestead would be featured. You know, this is where we're just getting started on Occupy the Land. That'll start here directly. But I'm telling you, we're of the same mind. So when Donna had in your bio here and it says Austin Martin is a homesteader and locum yet, that was the first five words out of your freaking bio. I'm like, Ooh, how did that happen? You see my point? You and I are on the same page. A hundred percent. I actually, I have a guy that I work pretty close with out here who's involved in the Liberty Movement. He's actually looking at that, uh, doing a candidacy this year for uh, Congress. Um, Aaron Toman's a great guy. And uh, he just got a small micro grant to go do a farming operation, which we're really excited about. And this is the kind of thing that we want to see more libertarians, uh, small L and big L libertarians alike, get into and, and come together on. And this kind of infrastructure is key. It is so key. Those broad strokes, organizations, the top level uh, strategy considerations, those things, people have a hard time with that. They have a hard time knowing which direction to go. But once those things are in place, once they have a little bit of structure and a little bit of a guideline, it clears up so much of the uncertainty. And people say, you know what? I can do that. I see that. It's possible. I love I love it. I love being inspired like that. And I love inspiring others in the same way. So, like, if, if we want to look at the land and the progression on that, uh, we have a duck farm going up. We have a, a, a sheep that we're planning on getting in. Um, so those are the two, like, big uh, livestock projects. And then I've got an orchard that I've planted as well. Um, so, yeah, no, I'd love to, love okay. to dig into that. With Let you. me make this statement yeah. so you understand I get it in so I can sleep tonight. 
of all my progression through all my activism, started doing radio and tearing radio here stations, you know, and then going national and doing blah, 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 blah. Freedom's Phoenix, the webpage, all my activism in the Libertarian Party, running for office, doing all the different things, made you look over, all that stuff. Magazine, newspapers, Pirates Without Borders, all that stuff has been building up to grow up to be just like you. Homesteading. Occupy the land. When they say, you'll be happy and here's your happy shot, you know, you'll own nothing and here's your happy shot, Occupying the land, that's what they're talking about. As Maui does its thing and they're going to want to do their 15-minute city and crap, what is in direct opposition but not interfering, go do you. Big Island of Hawaii, we're out here just want to be free and suck it, okay? As you do this, as the purpose of government was to provide an atmosphere of liberty for you to do exactly what you're doing. Because you have the freedom, the ability, freedom and liberty. I like to explain this, especially people like you. Is, you know, the way I started to understand it, freedom to do something, you're free to what? Now do whatever your hands can do. You wake up and you go do it. I am free to, you know, go shoot my gun. I'm free to pull the trigger. I'm free, you know, to grow my food. I'm free to educate, you know, my child. I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. Which means you're not infringed. You're not encumbered. You're not chained to a rock. You're not, I am free to do it, but are you at liberty to do it? Okay. Liberty is more an atmosphere, you know, a, um, uh, in a, uh, atmosphere of liberty that is kind of more of a social thing, which may translate into a government thing. So I am, you're at liberty. I have, I have benevolent, Benevolent dictator has bestowed upon you the liberty to grow food. Oh, thanks. You know, you're like in Colorado. You can, you can now, you're free. You can collect two barrels of rainwater off your roof. Woo, I'm free. Yeah, you know. No, you're, you're free to do that. But do you have the liberty to do that without fear of reprisal? Exactly. Right. Okay, so this is where you and I, we can see you're, you're practicing your freedom. They'll come explain how liberty, you know, oriented they are to let you do it. But, you know, this is what I want to help with because you're in a perfect position. We could do digital magazines, online, whatever, stories, Freedoms Phoenix, you know, feature, whatever the hell. You can be a writer. You can do, we all know all the time what's going on in Hawaii. Don't care. Then you have the newspaper. We help you with the template, get kind of production. If we have to, we'll ship them. We'll do a fundraising of whatever for the newspaper. I guarantee international, you're going to have enough to pay the couple of thousand. Hell, probably wouldn't even be that. A couple of thousand dollars, you know, you get it pub, you get it printed, published, put it out, boom, you got, but it's distribution. You got to get volunteers. You got to get people to put the flyers on the trash. You got to get people to pass out the love cards for Christmas. You got to get people to distribute the newspaper. You got to get people to forward it on their social media. You got to get people. And you can't count on big tech. You cannot count on social media. They're not going to do it. They will block, shadow, whatever. But if you're doing it in real space, then people talk about it on it. Doesn't matter. It just it goes viral anyway. So this so, is. Let me finish this point. point. This is what I'm. Yes, I'm. I'm wanting to make sure that you understand. 
because of the isolation of Hawaii, because the big island is its own county, because you live there, because, 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 I am very interested in helping you with all of these things, but my personal, I will be using your example as a perfect example of why you need to occupy the land. They don't want you autonomous. They don't want you self-sufficient. They don't want you off the grid. And that's why in the pirates, we don't say off the grid. We're above the grid. You know, I I won't be on your grid. I won't be off of what grid. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. 62 miles up is, you know, is freaking anarchy. So you'll bite me. Yeah. No. So you can understand that your activism, you're at, we were you, God, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, and evolved and developed to understand that at the end of all of that was to do what? What? You've done with your two acres on the Big Island of Hawaii. You've already done it. You're there. You win. You beat the crap out of us. You're raising your children there. You're safer. You're and on top of the list, so you're safer there too. So you can see why my wife and myself and I spend so much yakety time here to the you know my audience is like shut up, Ernie. You know, but. I wanted to make sure that you understood you came to the right place. Boy, I do I. Wow. And I, I can tell. And I, I appreciate it, frankly. Like, uh, I mean, just, just from a sheer, like, business perspective, this makes sense. This makes a lot of sense. Um, from, from these concepts are where we can build out real solutions that really change the world. The market, in some ways, is far more powerful than the polls. I'm I'm really amazed. I'm 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 kind of humbled and in awe. I'm seeing what you guys are doing. I've been aware of you guys, but but not to the extent that I apparently should have been. I, I guess I should have been watching a lot more closely. You know, you guys- it's not. I tell you, it's not that. It's not that. It's that we haven't structured it the way I think it should be to make maximum use of social media and get up. But we've been building the infrastructure behind it. Just the way when I present it to you like that, you're going. Holy crap, man, there's like a lot of... How come I haven't? Because I don't trust big tech. I don't use it. We're just now, starting in 24, that we may use X and Rumble. We have all the accounts. I got accounts everywhere. I just don't engage. Because I I, I don't... Try, it, 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 it diverts attention. It gets the wrong kind of people. You're always infiltrated by the coolers. This is one other thing I wanted to share with you so that uh, you get this in your mind. When you would go and we do, you get something very popular, like you start doing it as a chair, you start taking on these things, you do the newspaper there, you get a lot of attention, and oh my God, and then the raids of you know, whatever the hell, you're, hopefully you'll be okay. But the, um, when that happens and you start having meetings in the town hall and you get the 200 people show up on the little island of, oh my God, it was Austin and uh, family got to say, there's always that one person, but what about the whatever? You know, won't you go to jail if, you know, is it legal to, is it, they're called the coolers. They're there to cool it down a little bit. They don't want to get, you know, everybody's getting too excited. Whoa, whoa, whoa. before you get too excited and go out and start a revolution that changes the planet or something, you need to be a little bit of fun here, a little bit of fear, uncertainty, a doubt, a little bit of, are you sure you want to do that? Those are the political coolers. And if they're not there intentionally, which often they are, they 
are should be getting paid by the man because they're doing the same job for him anyway. I say yes to air. You know, could I? Yes. Yeah. Stupid idea. Don't care. We'll learn something. Don't care. The answer is always yes. It's just how much. How much time, money am I willing to advocate or put for it? But I'll definitely be supportive of you doing it. You're already doing it. The only admonition that I would have, you know, of whatever anybody does, if you attack individuals, they rise up as a collective against you. You've witnessed that. And it's not really beneficial because you're not really attacking the individual. It's their shiny badge. It's the delegated authority we gave for them to even do it. Uh, They're expendable, and they've got 10 replacements in line. Nobody that that I could point the finger at is so uniquely powerful or in such a position of leadership as to, to, to actually drive policy on their own. Um, the only time when individuals can legitimately be called out is when there's like a legitimate crime, you know, that's been committed that's outside the, the boundaries of what's socially acceptable, not just in my book, but also of those who don't agree with me, of the the political establishment, right? And those are the only situations. And otherwise, you're completely right. We should avoid picking fights. We should avoid attacking uh, personalities and instead go after ideas. Now I've been happy lately Thinking about the good things to come And I believe it could be Freedom's the answer. What's the question? You're listening to Ernest Hancock. Welcome back to this evening's final segment on Declare Your Independence with me, Ernest Hancock, on the Free Talk Live Network on Genesis with Austin Martin, the state chair of the Hawaiian Libertarian Party. This has been a really interesting conversation with someone that reminds my wife and I of our young family. And we hope you got a lot out of this. This has been very inspiring. Enjoy this final segment. We were just privileged enough to be able to come out here um, and and do it here on an island on the big rock. Um, so yeah, it's it's a it's a real it's humbling, um, and it's especially good to know you know like you never know that the people that you meet, you never know where things will lead. You never know um, who they might turn out to be. So you know, it's always good to to be good to people and keep an open mind. You know. Thanks. This is this is awesome, 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 awesomeness of a bunch of awesome. And I just I thank you for being patient with me and allow me to go through and all this stuff because it's just I I knew in your position someone like you was someone like me, and had I had this kind of support structure and knowledge and already did a bunch of hurdles. I mean on this stuff. And resources a little bit because it doesn't take much. I mean, we're talking like, you know, for you know, five hundred dollars here, a thousand there, every now and then, or whatever you can change the planet because God works in mysterious ways, and it always needs a good servant, someone that understands and has faith in the power of prayer, thought, willingness, right over wrong. This is so powerful, and I want to elevate you and God in this effort because being a person of faith, answering to a higher authority, is what pisses off government agents no end. They are the shiny badge, gosh darn it. Well, on earth, I got put in jail. Explain it to you. You know, Daniel in the den, man. It's like, bring it. You know, 
They hate it. They can't stand it. They just cannot stand it. And they got to make us out to be the villains. They make it out as if you're, you're libertarian Christians or somehow oppressors. And, you know, it's, it's funny because it's, it's not us doing that. It's them trying to sell us oppression by Christianizing it. And it's never, it's never an organic thing that comes out of the ideology. It's always an imposed thing. And, you know, one of the key things for people, uh, if you're trying to wake up your friends and family, some of the classical um, logic and the ways to know whether or not a thing is true or proven, whether or not a piece of information can be basically relied on, that kind of informational vetting is lost art in our society, and it's one of the problems. It's why we have such a hard time determining what's real and what's not. And the best cure for that is the Bible. It's a historical document. It's right. one that is an incredibly reliable track record, even if you're not a religious person. Yeah, they've been there, done that. There's a whole bunch of parallels. <laughs> and it's common cultural heritage that we can stand on together that encapsulates the best, the highest morality of mankind. If you think we're more enlightened now in our tolerant modern age, the only reason we're there is because the Bible brought us there. That is not an organic human motion. That's something that comes directly from Christianity. We say we should tolerate people we don't like because that's what God does to us. And we're the only religion that teaches that. I yield Unless you have uh, uh, a sheriff that doesn't like marijuana tattoos. So this <laughs> – thank you for coming on. This was awesome. I'm really – I'm really – you know, I, I, I got so much – I, I could talk to you for hours more, and we probably will in the future. And we're, we're, I hope so. I'm so glad to be here today. Thank you for having me. I, I really appreciate you being patient with me. I'm, I'm not very experienced on, on being on programs like this, so it's a real – Real honor, real pleasure to spend time with you today. You know, thank you. And I and I, I knew once because I, I hadn't looked. You know, Alma's like you know, find you know another whatever Alma says. I'll interview, talk to. Oh, he's a party chair of Hawaii. Yay! I'm looking for forward talking to a party chair. You know, one up. And then Donna said, "No, you'll like him. Watch." I go. Oh, he's one of them. Okay, okay, that's different. You know. So this is why. Um, I spent so much extra time and kind of sharing with you who we, because we talked before we started recording and at least an hour just going over some of the stuff that will be made available to him. And then, of course, we, you know, showed us some other with the audience. But um, what I'm expecting from you is after holidays or whenever or next month, or but certainly in time as we move into the election cycle in 24, not that I give a crap about election. It's just a good you know time when people are paying attention. You know, it's how you can, you know, make the most use of the time and um, that you will have present. They listened to this show, saw some of the stuff doing whatever that you talk to some of the, the guy and some of the links that I did and the financial thing, you know, the web, it was just the stuff that I sent you and this stuff that they go and they get the full totalitarian total, uh, total uh, totality of what we were talking about and that you can get some committed activists that will actually put forth some time to distribute, do kind of be part something, which that is the most difficult and the most beneficial thing that you can do. When we started all of this stuff that we've done, there was a couple of dozen people and at least a dozen, you know, a couple of dozen that show up to make sure crap happened. 
I mean, that 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 is necessary. When we started the Levolution, we got, all right, here we go. Me and a friend spent a week getting everything already at the, you know, headquarters that we got and rented to make and do and kind of, and then we said, all right, tonight, tonight, 15, 20 people showed up and boom, went planetary. Okay. And I go, watch this because I knew what was going to happen from past experience of these kinds of things. If you can get that, your meeting, your group, get rid of the coolers, ignore the whatever, you know, taking votes on anything doesn't really matter. It's just who shows up actually does anything. So if you can get the actually show up, do anything people that are willing to take a weekend off a month or kind of, it doesn't really take that much. It's just timing and overwhelming of something. When you do that and you got that ready, let me know, come up with a budget, See what you know is going on. Who you got that'll work? It's got the skills, the technical ability to Photoshop in design of whatever the hell you know. What you need from us: artwork, logo. I have a meeting in a couple of. Oh my god, man, we've been going anyway. So this evening, I have you know a meeting with an art director. What? I'll just tell you this: is what it is. You know, you always see the communist Che Guevara shirts. They got Che on there doing. And I go. Can we get one in that style that has Javier Millet from Argentina? I just wanted to know that'd be that'd be awesome. Don't you think that'd be a good idea? <laughs> hey, on, wearing their Che shirts, you know. So it's just you know because I just want to do it because it's funny. But anyway, so we have artists like that that have the capability to do that because a lot of times our problem we didn't have somebody that was a good graphic artist now i need more video guys yeah, i need some animation stuff went decades looking for this kind of stuff so that is what is available when you're ready to make use of that and you have people that are on the committee or the group or a couple activists that are willing to you know customize accumulate articles need to have it put formatted whatever and they're going to sit down and go over a live zoom share screen interface with my wife or other activists or need a web page or agorist hosting a hosting site whatever here we are but i'm interfacing with you you get it set up. And if other people got their own project, fine. You shouldn't care anyway. But this is something that we're ready to go to the next step, the next level. If you're ready and you're willing to do that and orchestrate that going into this season, we know how to help and are willing. Okay? I told you, I know I know you just made Abra smile over there. And I'll tell you what. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I got a little happy dance going on over here. <laughs> We have some amazing activists who've been working hard. People like Carl Dix. Um, everybody on my board has, has worked really hard to be where they are today. And they all represent more than just themselves. They have networks and friends and people who are also in it. And it's like, um, you know, I love the Mises Caucus slogan, take human action. We, we have to take human action. I think it was actually Von Mises who, who said that. <laughs> um, but that's what it is. We need bodies at the table. We need to engage people and get the talent. And um, no, I love I love the way that you're thinking, and I am with you. And we'll definitely be following up and, and hopefully doing more business together. I'm really excited to move the torch forward and actually really shine this light in the dark room. This is where we've been. People have been working for decades to get us to this point right now. And it is an exciting thing to be a part of. For the people who know a little bit more about me, if they want whatever, confirm of something. 
You know, I just put in Ernest Hancock, National Chair, Libertarian, whatever. So there's enough video and stuff up there of me giving presentations and talking to and debating of and so on. And you can see that in the ocean of not the way it is now, we were there advocating Austin Martin stuff. You see my point? That we were kind of holding it was it was kind of we we fertilized the ground to create what's happening now. So this is how we do. We're always a decade ahead, you know. So I just this is there. You know, I get my bona fides in there that way, I guess. But so I want to make sure that your people are comfortable with what we can prevent. And it's not just me. I I know, but there's a whole. Once it starts getting the attention, you know, national hopefully will be very supportive of that. Cool, man, look what they're doing, and nerdy help and peace and whatever. And the ones that are the coolers, okay, well, you kind of will, you know, the state of uh, Kauai is pissed off, and I don't give a crap, okay? So this, I'm hoping you understand what we're offering and what's available to you. When should I, uh, by what time should I start pinging you in January and go, hey, what's up? I'm a pretty flexible guy. I've got some, uh, at the end of January is shaping up to look pretty busy, but I should be pretty free in those first few weeks. Um, really, I'll make time for you. So if you want to give me a call, I'll scoop things around. It's really no problem. Well, no, no, I, I, I want you to be able to, you're ready. You call me, you got somebody, you know, like your wife going, all right, man, show me the templates, do it. You know, We're you know I'm sorry. We're ready to go right now. Okay, well, We've got what, people. But what kind of computers do you have? You got to have like the minimum, be able to run InDesign or Adobe, whatever page, you know. Cloud, and so we can do some of that basic stuff. We have uh, some some basic working knowledge on how to do things like Illustrator and and um, you know basic graphic design. Uh, but usually for those kinds of things, I like to find people who have better talents than us and outsource those as much as possible. As soon as someone reliable kind of emerges. We don't really have a really strong, um, we have a ton of artistic talent in our local area, but we're still looking for some like ambitious artist who wants to like get involved. In One this. of them I'm meeting uh, with in two hours. Okay. Yeah. That's just, all right. just along your line, man. It's all good. So this, this um, is, I'm, I, if you're not wanting to wait, I'm, I'm not about waiting. Okay, so if your wife has someone else that they can share some of the publication, you know, setup and stuff with, you get them on. I'll, uh, you know, cajole, give out hours of back rubs or whatever I got to do with my wife to get her to sit in and walk you through it and load it up and have the template and you're ready to go. Sorry, I left my mic on there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, uh, we're ready to rock and, and, uh, yeah, the holidays do make it a little bit hectic this month, but uh, I mean, really, it's kind of let's 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 touch base. Let's let's talk. Let again me know. And talk to them. Have her set up. I'm ready to go. We'll set up a thing that we can set the schedule and get it set up. Exactly. Yeah. The the, the lay of the land out here is is interesting, and and I can share just a little bit more like on the the kind of boring business side of things with you. Uh, we can have a, a little bit of a discussion about that and. Find out, find out, you know what's best, what's going to be effective, what's going to to light up the night. Um, I I have to say, <laughs> I love your energy. I love where you're at, and I love. I can tell right away that your audience is amazing, and and just a big thanks to everyone who 
take the time today to kind of listen and every day that you tune in, you know, this is important and keep yourself energized and share this message and, and listen to Ernest. He's a smart guy. You know, this is the one thing that I, I, I want to end on is that our supporters, the financial supporters, 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 listen, supporters, somebody send kind words, supporter people that are it. I'm very appreciative of your faith trust. And this is a reward for you is Austin Martin. That this is why we do it, to be able to be ready, willing, able for when we come across people just like this. And that's what we're going to do and show you that. Yeah, you see, once again, here we go. Okay, because here we go. So my biggest thing is, is just worry about your safety. Make sure you do you take care of you that your family is taken care of. And if there is any, which they'll try and do a distraction from your effort in opposing this kind of stuff, they may be coming. But the reason that I feel much more secure and safer, how do I get away with this for decades, is because I'm way on top of the list. You know, like, do you really want to play? You know, so we got to make it to where Austin Martin and his family and the activists there know that we got their back and that they're not, we can trust them not to be stupid, you know, and do something stupid, stupid, but that there is a support for freedom, liberty, leave me aloneism, volunteerism, proper rule of government, truth, justice, and whatever hell used to be the American way. You know, this is timeless. And for those of you that have faith in a just God, may not be just when you want it, but it is they reward this kind of behavior that you're doing God's work. That's what this means. Well, wasn't that an interesting conversation? This has been a really good example of how activists, how freedom-oriented communities and individuals and families are made. It's from opposition to not being left alone. I, I, I don't know any other way... You know, putting it, it's happened to our family, and it's happening to more and more, and certainly it's happened to a lot as we went into the lockdown and the vaccine mandates, which, of course, they'll say, we never, you know, change you down and beat you and forced a needle in your flesh, but did everything else. But the um, I am so encouraged by Generation Next, I see it in my children, my grandchildren, a lot of young activists that come up. And just as we were supported as young activists or concerned individual family members or leaders of families or just, you know, as individuals that you you there's got to be something that we can bottle. I, I'm looking for what makes people this way. Is it a personality trait? Is it, you know, support of a loved one or an influence? Is it, you know, some influencer on, you know, a video platform that's telling you what to do? I mean, if I knew what to say or do, I'd do it. But that is what the danger is. Artificial intelligence, that is when you get someone like Elon Musk saying it's an existential threat, mean, meaning an extinction-level event that is going to 
uh, question whether humanity keeps on marching on. And the reason that he said that, it was uh, finally uh, was articulated one time, is he goes, what if you could have the most persuasive argument that was individually tailored to you, that would convince you that you needed to vote a certain way or have a certain opinion, and you could do that across the entire planet, and then all of a sudden, what's the tipping point? What's the percentage of, yep, therefore we go walk into the decarbonization disruptor of the, you know, transporter of we're dead, you know, for, to save the planet of, you know, the amoeba. So, I mean, you know, whatever argument that is going to be made to get you to convince yourself that you're the plague, that you're the problem, that your very existence, this gift of life, is not worthy of continuance as a human species. You know, to, to give you some ammunition, uh, not go down that road, uh, there was a science fiction writer and a good friend of mine that made the comment, he goes, you know, how many extinction-level events has there been on Earth over the four billion years or whatever that we've been around, how many civilizations or civilizations have come and gone? And how advanced were they? You know, it could conceivably be, you know, very advanced. And then over a long enough period of time, even the tectonics, the whole entire surface of the planet just gets, you know, subduction under the other plates of it's a whole new earth again. I mean, over a long enough period of time, not only are we all dead, all evidence of our existence is gone too. So this has been um, an interesting revelation he made. He goes, you know, do you think maybe that humanity and our capabilities and our spacefaring capabilities are uh, harnessing of great energies, our future capabilities that are uh, certainly on the horizon, will be what saves the planet Earth. That we are the antibodies. We are the doctor. We are here to save the planet from extinction all time. So I'm going, yeah, you know, maybe we're not so bad. You know, maybe we are, it is better to have human beings on this planet as a, as a layer of protection for the earth. Maybe that's God's plan. Maybe, 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 but I tell you, do the right thing for yourself, for your family, for your children. Be pro-life, pro-living. And, and what sustains this precious gift of life that we have, our liberty, the liberty to, to fashion raw materials in such a way to shelter us, clothe us, you know, grow things, to, to feed us. Yeah. And then the product of that life and liberty is property. Life, liberty, and property. It's just three ways of saying the same thing. And the reason that we constitute governments among men, as certainly why this show is Declare Your Independence, is because the purpose of government is the defense of those individual rights to life and liberty. That is the basic foundational uh, call of God is to go forth and multiply. You know, don't be irresponsible. Be a good steward of the gift. But, you know, I mean, 
you, you should be encouraged that, you know, somebody wants you to live. <laughs> so I encourage you to be inspired by a lot of the guests that I try and bring on to share with you our perspective that life is not only worth living, it's exciting and there's so much abundance coming. And we just got to be, you know, mindful of how we manage and steward that our, into the future of our children and our friends and family and our community. Because this is, we are, there's tricksters out there. You know, there, there's evil ones without empathy, you know, and they're willing to do any and everything to maintain and enhance their control over you and everything else. So I'm, I'm very appreciative of communication, of the ability to be able to talk about these things and it be shared. And I think that's why the desperation and the impatience and the uh, uh, how fast all of this is being enacted upon us is because I think they, them, those that won't leave us alone are starting to feel that we're waking up. You don't got to be woke. But you do need to be awake. Pace. You can learn more about the awesome things happening here in New Hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime. Our friends at Porcupine Real Estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by New Hampshire citizens. Reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com. Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. Porcupineralestate.com